This is uh, talking during movies. Jason Dick's on his phone. What? Sorry, I am very busy. cracking open an ice-cold beverage. Jason, I got you the, the, the petite Bud <laughs> Light. Uh, this is where we talk over movies. Some of you have emailed in and said, hey, you don't say anymore that you talk over movies. I thought that was implied, but yeah. I guess it's not. Uh, feel free to yell at me about how I missed your favorite part of the movie because I don't know you or your favorite part of the movie. I appreciate all of those emails. Sometimes those we, we stray so far from the movie that it, it would be hard to notice. It's like, are they actually watching a movie in there? Oh, they are. Yeah, we are. Nick oh, Nolte. shit, I love this movie. I didn't even know blue what we were chips. doing. We're doing blue yeah. chips today, folks. So we're a minute in. Nick Nolte's throwing a temper tantrum. In our theme of basketball and having fun. Uh, oh, and uh, by the way, our, our new sponsor is Plato's Closet. For all of you out there that don't like the shit you're wearing and want to sell it so I can wear the clothes you farted in, please, Plato's Closet. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, like, Jason got excited. He's like, there's going to be a check soon? Well, yes. I, was, I was more just, I was like, man, this is quite an ad, uh, an ad agency that wrote that copy. Yeah, wrote that was, that's that's, that's, head of, that's that. a head of global writing that copy. That's what that is, sir. Head of global. So uh, joining me, uh, one of my favorite people, uh, he tolerates me on the basketball court, God bless him. He's still working hard to, I feel like I'm Nick Nolte sometimes out on the basketball court. <laughs> Ian's going to agree. Ladies and gentlemen, back <laughs> after he said, well, you guys did get me a little buzz, but I'll see if I can come back. Ian Stonebrook, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Man, thanks for coming back. And uh, brave man, who's securing his job. I brought his boss. <laughs> the, the man. We'll see what happens after this. Uh, do I just call you the man that runs Nice Kicks, or are you head of global for Nice Kicks? I guess head of global. I'm also the janitor. Uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. All head of global time. and bottom of global. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Arctic and the Antarctic. I, I, he does it all. And Matt, I didn't catch your last name, but Half Hill. Matt Half Hill, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from Nice Kicks. Uh, NiceKicks.com. Their uh, Instagram is just beat out, I think, by a couple of people. Jason Dick's Instagram followers. So congratulations <laughs> well, to you guys you. for that. Thank you. Uh, what you guys missed um, is what we found out. What I found out, which is kind of exciting, is uh, Matt. Uh, Matt enjoys Jason Dick on the radio. Ah, uh, yes, I do. Yes, Thank I you do. very much, man. Regular, uh, regular morning listen. I'll just start tagging you every time Jason does these with me, as he's my most of the time co-host, and then you'll know that you can just kind of listen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I try like 30% as hard on this show as I do in the morning, so you're in store for a, a real treat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real treat. And uh, shout out to our, our good friend Maggie at Circle Brew, who's uh, doing some fun stuff with me for South By. And so I went and bought some of your beer, Maggie, and I'm going to drink it because it's delicious. So good for you, Maggie. Where did you find this? I've never even really seen this. It, it is a 24-ounce Bud Light Platinum. Only the best for you, my friends. Yeah, that means it's extra uh, extra alcohol in there, the platinum. Thank you. Is there extra alcohol in the platinum? It's 6%. Uh, oh, I just thought it was just fancier. No, it's it's <laughs> like for those who really want their Bud Light to really give a really kick yeah. at them. What I, what I want to get drunk before I pee, Bud Light Platinum. Yeah. When I want to not get drunk and pee, Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, oh, God. The, 25, the 24, 25 ounce, I'm not sure which one this is. It's good There's though. The 25 ounce is kind of a dick move. It's like, eh, I was at some promo event last weekend where 
I was forced to drink. Uh, there was there was no acceptable beer options, so I was drinking two vodka drinks at one time. And our promo director is like, double fisted, huh? And I'm like, I am more than twice your size, okay? I can yeah. have two drinks, and it's not irresponsible. Thank you. Thank you. And I, fabulously rich and have a Tesla that can drive me home. So. <laughs> <laughs> but this masks my double fisting. It's just one drink, so exactly. I appreciate that. That's good. So question, uh, just to kick this off. Who is a better actor and rapper across the board? Is it Shaquille O'Neal or is it Sinbad? Man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, did Sinbad get in the rap game? He did some rapping stuff on... So people believe there's an alternate universe out there. There are ripples in the alternate universe. And one of those is the genie movie that Shaq did that some people believe Sinbad did the genie movie. Right, Kazam. Mm, Kazam. Kazam. Yeah. Versus Shazam. Shazam. Right. Kazam, Shazam, Shazam, Kazam. So this is where those two hmm. link up. Hmm. The rapping genies. But as actors, they're both not good. No. No. Well, Sinbad's fun in some things. He was a unnecessary, no, necessary roughness. Yep. Put that on the list. We should yeah. do that movie someday. That's fun. Well, football season's uh, dead. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you that what a great the, the, climax, yeah, what a great way to end the season. <laughs> hey, for for all those people that that I talk to, they're like, you know what? I just want to see Tom Brady win one more. Let me just <laughs> let me just reach. Let, let me just tell you something about Tom Brady. Yes, he went to Michigan. Okay, he was like the last person picked in the draft or whatever. He also got two supermodels pregnant. Name me another person that's done that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's won multiple Super Bowls. He's fine. Stop pining for him to get more shit, okay? There's other people, and, and, and also, Saints fans, shut up. You, lot, you blew a 13-point lead. Everyone's like, I thought you were talking about a basketball movie. We are, relax. But seriously, they blew a 13-point lead. Yeah. Don't leave it to one call. Don't leave it to one person. You got the ball first in overtime, too. You could have mm-hmm. scored and done, the, done it yeah. yourself, man. Could have done it yourself. Yeah. Chose not to. You chose to blow the lead, that's for sure. Are you guys aware of Tom Brady's obsession with mouth kissing? Have you seen this? It's I'm a, aware, and it makes me uncomfortable. I first learned of it when he did this own documentary on his life where he let people come film him and his wife. You mean the documentary kids. of him kissing his kids? Yeah, <laughs> and there's one point where he's, literally, so your mom he's on me. a massage table naked, covered by a towel, oh. where his, his, his guru, arguably snake oil salesman, personal trainer uh, guy, is like, Massaging his legs, just just rubbing and it like he's like TB12. Yeah, it's the TB12, buddy. He's like, oh no! His, TB12. His, his son comes in and asks a very reasonable question. He's like, "Can I spend the night at Stevie's tonight? I'm tired of living in your weird house." Dad, <laughs> Dad can I eat? It's noon. It's been three days. You don't uh, kiss me right with your dirty mouth, son. He said, "Tom Brady's like, yeah, sure. Come kiss your dad first, though." And so the kid goes, gives him a. What's a reasonable kiss on the mouth? For this kid is like 10, 11 years old, and he still kisses him on the mouth. And Tom, that's not good enough. The kid starts to walk out, and Tom Brady stops him. And I think he literally says, hang on, that was just a peck. <laughs> and, mm. like, brings him back, and there's not, there's no open mouth kissing. But it's like he wants a long embrace kiss hey, with I, his 10-year-old son. My 5-year-old daughter, I'll be like, hey, give your dad a kiss. She'll kiss me on top of the hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. good. So, and good for her. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not like, give me a kiss in the lips. Your daddy likes it. I'm like, okay. Or sometimes she's like, Dad, I really do love you. And she'll give me a kiss on the cheek if I've shaved. So that's like once a month. Right. I get a kiss on the cheek. And then the rest of the, then the other 30 days, it's a kiss on the hand or 20. It's a kiss on the hand. Uh, Tom, you can go ahead and embrace that practice. Right. But that way, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Or at least yeah. that's how I learned. Then there's all these pictures of he... Of him kissing his dad, like thirty-something-year-old oh. Tom Brady kissing his sixty-year-old dad on the Full mouth. lip kiss. There's a there's at least one picture of he and Bill Belichick kissing each other on the lips. Look, mm-hmm. I don't want to, and it's not even a homophobic thing. It's just like what well, that's weird. Well, no, it's, it's, not, it's not a homophobic thing. It's it's a it's a bad breath thing when it comes to Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen that. He <laughs> does look like breath. he's got musty breath. Oh, just. Just hot, tw- just 20 coffee. hours a day in the office. Yeah, watching coffee film and all clam day. chowder, just mm, <laughs> marinating. He's forgotten to floss because he's just trying to break down a cover two defense on an Edelman route. He's like, there's three different ways he could run this. I'm going to call this goat one, two, and three. Oh, goodness. I, I assume all coaches have bad breath. I assume throughout this whole movie, Nick Nolte had bad breath. You drink coffee, you stay awake for endless hours. If anyone should sponsor a basketball team or a coach, Listerine, get on it. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm now flashing back to some podcast that I heard about. They were talking about Nick Nolte and Blue Chips. And somebody who we worked with just said, B.O. Like, he's got crazy B.O. all the time. Nick that's what I, that's what I hear about Matthew McConaughey. That that man likes to uh, use the rock. Right. You know, whatever that, that crystal rock. First of all, can we stop with the bullshit? I just went shopping for deodorant. I like to get new deodorant every other month or so. You know, I like to mix it up, try new things. Don't like stuck in a rut. I don't want the same aluminum clogging my pores for the rest of my life. I like to get four or five different kinds of cancer, not just one. But these people who have these rocks, they're like, I just put it under my arm. It's crystal and it blocks the body order. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it does it? It doesn't block the body order at all. <laughs> Matt, Matt, now do you, uh, for nice kicks, do you get the chance? I mean, I see Ian out. He's hanging out with Steph Curry. Uh, you know, they're at Uchi Co. Shooting, you know, they're, or they're at, um, they're at Benny Hanna's and they're, you know, they're with the chef and they're, never they're, they're, parts they're, of bullshit. they're, 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 do you get to get an interview and 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 if you do, am I right? Do coaches just have bad breath? Uh, I definitely think that coaches do have bad breath. So that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I, I, the, just this past weekend, I was over at uh, Super Bowl weekend with out with Adidas. Actually, they had me out there, and so yeah. I was, got to see a lot of their athletes: Dak Prescott, um, Mahomes. Uh, Aaron Dak Rogers. Prescott seems like he smells fantastic all the time in the most masculine way I can possibly say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He just walks in the room and you're like, you dress well. You're not wearing a midriff like your running back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. definitely a plus. <laughs> I think that's an entire podcast where we just go through celebrities and speculate on what they smell like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in uh, Southern California. Cindy Crawford walked by. She smelled magical. <laughs> My sister and I saw her uh, in New York when we were there in August shooting a commercial in Soho. Yeah, stunning. She's like, gotta stunning. be like seventy now. Yeah, right? like still well, stunning. Sure, her and Vanna White just somehow don't seem to have gotten hit with the age. Like, well, I think the they're secretly Scientologists because Tom Cruise is also not getting hit with the age at all. Fair, fair, yeah. right? I mean, 
they might not be front runners like Tom and like, mm, you can keep the camera away, but I'll keep the youthful looks. It doesn't look too, uh, you know, Dr. Hollywood. Yeah. If we will, you know what I mean? It looks reasonably natural. But much like Jason Dick and I, just ageless <laughs> wonders. Ageless wonders. I, I, did have, I had a question with the friends. I'm sorry, I cut off your story here, but I have the question with this friend. We're going to come back to it. Don't worry. Probably at the very end. But um, when I look at pictures of my parents when or or my parents' parents when they were in their 40s, it looks like they got kicked right in the dick at 40. They look <laughs> fucking awful. They look like 80-year-olds. They My dad at 40, I was like, dude, what happened to you? I'm this, I look like you when you were 20. How hard was life? I mean, I get it. Late 70s, early 80s, 20% interest rates. If you want to buy a home, a little hard. Get right. a car, a little expensive. It was also, like smoking was good for you back yeah, then, too. Was, it was yeah. Like... yeah, but we're in an age where bath salts are good for you, and MDMA <laughs> is good for you, and so are mushrooms and acid, as long as you microdose. So the drugs have changed. Looks have gotten way better. What's going on? What's, Ian's got a thought. He's like, I'm from Michigan, and let me let you know right now, cold weather plays a part. Yeah, we're all gorgeous. <laughs> we're all gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, some would argue that we live in a beauty era because of social media and stuff like that. So maybe people, if they think they're going to be seen more, place more on that. I think everybody is just like mentally and they're probably less physically. And like you say, maybe financially too. A lot younger, or maybe immature, responsible, whatever you want to call it. Like, at 31, I was thinking, like, my dad was 31, like, he'd had wilder times than me. But yeah. he also, by that time, had me. That's a whole hell of a lot more responsibility than, like... How much did you age your father? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's funny, because I'm watching the movie, and I he see... Ed, like the president. I, I, I see, I see, I see Four Ed, years later, later, he's like, oh, boy. Ian's I'm dad not, comes out looking like Obama after eight years. <laughs> Gray all over, <laughs> dark wrinkles. Ian's mom still looks fabulous like yeah. Michelle. She's like, what? What happened? Oh, we had a son? That's amazing. He loved me through high school and college. I'm sorry he called you a son of a bitch all those years. Hey, and my mom still does look great. So. See? <laughs> yes! Uh, it's funny. I never thought about it because I don't want I don't, I, I don't to make too much correlation to this, but my dad looks younger and better now than he does, than he did when he was like four. You know, he put on more weight then or whatever and he's he's back leaner and stuff he he kind of looks a lot like ed o'neill in this movie just with a little bit more hair uh, ed, ed o'neill reversed the aging process as well he got out of um happily married was that married with children, married with children. oh yeah God, maybe it is kids <laughs> i do I, I my daughter points out she goes why are those hairs white and i go those are your hairs honey you you did that to dad. Yeah. No no one else. They right? they weren't this color before you were here. That's right. That's good. Drinking didn't do this. Yeah. Drugs didn't do this. You that five have this power to age me. My dad is without a doubt still to this day more attractive than me. There's got to be like a, a father son. There's got to be a time where the son's supposed to pass the dad, right? My dad is sixty four. He's definitely still more attractive than me. Like no. if we uh, now I this is a, such a good idea I want to do it as a bit. If both of us went on the Bachelorette, I'm sure he would do better. Than that. <laughs> He's uh, I remember one time this was ten years ago I was helping him move, and we're just carrying a couch out of the front of his house onto a moving truck, and some car drove by and honked, and my dad was like, "They're honking at you, son," and I was like, 
it literally didn't even occur to me that that was like a cat call or anything. I was like, they're definitely <laughs> honking at you, Dad. Like, I've never experienced that before. It's the only time where Jason's called his dad and been like, Dad, I think we should have a talk about you joining the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> You have yeah. been you have been ostracized. You have been I fucked enough by people. It's done. Uh, Ian, uh, when you left your boss at the office here in Austin, Texas, and you went and played basketball with Jason Williams and, and many other celebrities, and didn't let him know till after you came back. Yeah, it's good for you. Th- those are the best reports. Though. Those are the best reports. Yes. It's like I was working what? on something as a surprise for you, and it's like, no, you just didn't want to tell me because I, you know, you wanted it all to yourself. <laughs> yeah, because you know, Stance Stocks headquartered. Nah, I mean, that's nice. You've Down been there. there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, nice. <laughs> no, it's nice. <laughs> I used to know someone there, and uh, I don't know. He's like, can you stop talking about me? I'm like, nope, you can't. But uh, I used to know someone there, and I went, I shot down there. That's it's a beautiful. HQ. Oh, it's I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. that was, uh, when we last did this, it was right before I went there. I was like, yeah, yeah I think I'm going to do it, but, you know, maybe I just need to say I'm going to do it so I actually, like, Can bite the bullet and do it. But Bite the bullet and do it. Learn, you know, played with Jay Williams, uh, had, had some fun. Matt, stuck home again. Is there, <laughs> is there a reason why you're just always staying home? Is the toilet that clogged? What's going on <laughs> yeah, at the office? Yeah, you know, a lot of people attend to, and, uh, you know. I guess, yeah, I'd get out of the office a little bit. Yeah, he was in Atlanta for Super Bowl. I was. Yeah. That's not fun. Like, I got offered to go to the Super Bowl, and they asked me, like, do you want to go to the Super Bowl? I was like, no. The co-founder, our co-founder of, of the place that I run Global for, is like, why not? Said, because I've had fun at games. And fun at games for me is I get in a limo, drives me to the private airport, I get in a private jet, fly to the Texans, they're never that good, doesn't matter. Limo picks me up, there's champagne in there, drink. Pulls me up to the front of the Texan Stadium, walk out, escalator up, go into a private suite, drink my face off and eat anything I want, talk mad shit to everyone around me, drink until the stadium says it's time for you to go. Again, I never know if this is a bit or if this is real things that happen to him. This is real things. There's pictures on my Instagram of me getting or standing in front of private chats. And, uh, And then get back down, limo picks up. Party on the plane, sometimes just flying around in the air while we're drinking champagne, and then land and go home. And you want me to then go to the Super Bowl, go in a suite where there's food and booze everywhere, and be like, I'll milk this one beer the whole game and talk business. That's going to be fun for me. No, I'm not doing it. I told them they did a celebrity basketball game that that we told Gabriel you can go to. do you need a 45-year-old that can shoot a decent three-pointer? If you do, I'm in. If you don't, I don't need to go at all. Not my thing. I don't like to go to fun things to work. I've been to Sundance. Sundance is amazing. The parties are out of this world fun. Do you want to come up here and work for a day? No. I don't want to walk around thinking about all the good times I could be having. It's going to ruin anything I would want to do as far as that. Hang on. Let me interrupt for a yes, second. Yes, please. Uh, because in Blue Chips, we just saw... That scene, Bob Cousy plays the uh, athletic director at this made-up Western University. Yep, with a lot of heart. And, yeah, they shot that scene where he just makes free throw after free throw after free throw. Fun fact, like, that was not a bunch of scenes cut together. Old-ass Bob Cousy still just makes every free throw that he ever attempts. And I read that on the IMDb. And by the way, in that, 
uh, was Shaq was in this movie. Am I correct? Yeah, yes. uh, we yeah. haven't met Shaq yet, but he's coming up soon. Hold on, but Shaq was in this movie. The same <laughs> movie, Bob. Passing the torch. Yeah. And he, he never took a second to be like, Bob, Bob, why do you do that, man? Hey, Bob, <laughs> uh, uh, question for you. I found, and uh, uh, Matt, I'll start with you. I'll, I'll work down to Ian, and if you're not a basketball player, just pass to Ian. But um, I have found that whether you make it or miss, it is the same motion every time. So I do three dribbles. I hear the creak in my knees as I go down. And then it's click, click on the shoulder, click on the elbow. That's all my <laughs> joints grinding together. <laughs> Snap the net. That's how I shoot free throws. One, two, three dribbles. Grind to the knees, grind to the shoulder, grind to the elbow. One, two, three. I keep the same rhythm every time. Whether I'm missing or making it, I never change it. It's just like music. Just like music? Just like music, yeah. Are you a music you gotta, fan? I'm a music fan, of course. How can you live in Austin not be a music yeah. fan? Who, I mean, outside of They Might Be Giants, who's your favorite band? <laughs> that's a that's a throw. Look at Jason Diggs. Like, I don't even think we played this. I was just asked this question: What CD? What was the last CD you listened to? And I've got Tool on the deck right now. Tool on the deck. Yep. I, well, I can't get Tool on Spotify because they don't do any uh, digital streaming. What the streaming. fuck is Spotify? I keep hearing people saying yeah. this word to me. He's a professional. Spotify. Host. I don't. I I work for a radio station. Okay. <laughs> they play free music every day, all day. That's fine. What is this Spotify? So they don't play spot. They, so that Garth Brooks, they don't. Put they don't have Garth Brooks either. No, no. So he uh, did. A, he did a short term deal with Amazon Music, and then he ended it. And then he's like, "Nope, I'm not doing digital anymore." And that's Maynard, right? Yeah. Tool. Yeah. Yeah. Who else besides Tool? Primus. Who are, who's your Who's your eclectic band? That if someone's like, "No fucking way." Who's your group? Squirrel Nut Zippers. Ooh, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's Squirrel Nut Zippers. And who's Who's your closet? Who's your closet? No one would guess. Jordan might even scratch his head and be like, what are you listening to right now? You know, Jordan probably won't get a lot of Pull that the mic rock. Up just Jordan probably won't get a lot of the rock I'm into. Right now, I'm, uh, I'm not still listening to mostly hip-hop, um, but right now I'm reading a, a memoir about the co-founder of The Cure. Okay. Um, his, it's funny because his first name is spelled L-O-L. Like, Interesting, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I went actually, you know, speaking of fathers, like, went through a pretty big classic rock phase in high school. So, like, a lot of Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Tom Petty, even, like, weirder stuff like, yeah, Sam Parsons Project. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, You know, some deep dive in terms of artists, but still at a pretty, uh, I mean, to be honest, at a pretty, like, uh, surface level, like, greatest hits type stuff. And I wasn't a stoner either, so, like, you kind of got to be, not, you don't have to be to be a fan, but... To like listen to the wall like ten times in a row, you gotta be high. Yeah, yeah you yeah. probably. Ian, <laughs> like, we're out of the office. You yeah. can't admit to being a stoner, right? Now. Oh, I know it's fine. I'm just, you know keeping it real. Wasn't, but um, man, a band. I really actually, you know, this is funny. Yeah, I read for whatever reason. I woke up one day and I was like, y'all want to listen to Macho Man by Village People? Come on, are you Yo, serious? I swear to God, yeah. You I woke like up eight you times woke in a row, and that's that's a just fire call Nick song. At, just call it Nick at one hundred one X one. I don't know why you don't play this in the morning. Yeah. Nick, no. just, just get in the rotation. Well, there's like just like on some artistry stuff. There's a lot of like you know, obviously the Village People were like an early openly gay you know group. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, you hear the disco in it. Yeah. You hear them maybe looking at masculinity from a different lens. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny to think like village people in Queen like have some of the best sports anthems 
And oh, how and, we, and do their sports those and, topics? And you right. could say their sports anthems at the time match the short shorts of men at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did about like hand. Like, 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 hand bar. I like I like it when I blow away Jason Dick. When he's just <laughs> like, there's, I, just like <laughs> there's like things that I, just angles that I was like I would have never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't either. I just woke up and I want to listen to that song. So. You want to woke up with that song? You're putting on your short shorts. You're like, I'm gonna go play basketball. As a macho man, Jason Dick, what's your what? uh, what's your closet music? What's the one that that, that even Debo uh. Keith might scratch her head? Besides the girl that showed her panties when she kicked her. Like mine is all over the place and I don't know which one would be the like I mean my favorite bands Jimmy World and Green Day and Alkaline Trio, but I love Lip Alkaline Trio's kinda of there. Um if you say anything bad about Kesha, I will fight you. Um, <laughs> vanilla Ice Vanilla Ice is my guy. But I like Garth Brooks and uh, I'm currently listening to uh, Willie Nelson and Merle uh, Haggard did an album together. Uh, and I'm listening. Is it called Django and Jimmy? Uh, that's very good. I recommend that. I don't know what would be my closet. I mean, like clearly, based on all of those things, I have no shame. <laughs> I'm happy to just go from. Uh... But um, what do you listen to, Jason Jepson? I don't. I mean, that's funny. I, I forever. I don't know any of your musical. So, I've got some, I have one song that is my all-time favorite song, and I'll fight anyone for it. I don't care. It, my daughter's like, oh, it's on. When the away, she's like, I'm like, Harper, what do you want to listen to? She goes, Pool Jams, can we skip your song? And I'm like, nope, sorry, I can't skip my song. Uh, so, my, um, my favorite song of all time is uh, from Toad the Wet Sprocket, and it's Nancy. You take Nancy from Real Loretta's Fine. No, I've changed my mind. I'll take Nancy for you, Loretta's fine. Uh, great song. I don't know. I like it for some reason. I bet I have not ever heard it. Probably not. <laughs> uh, I, um, I'm a big fan. It's funny. So I'm, I'm bringing this band in for South by Southwest, a great Caesar band. And my friend Nikki and, and John Michael Parker, who he's got the name of a serial killer, and the glasses and the very cute attire to match him murdering people as they tour. Like those two just tour together. She's got a beautiful voice. He plays guitar extremely well. He's got a great voice. And then. They go to sleep at like 10 and he gets up at midnight and just kills people. I think it's a great, great miniseries. It's on Netflix now. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. But great Caesar band. I was talking to him and I was talking to Nikki about bringing him out again. And their band stopped for a little bit as John uh, went after a political career and, and did some great things. And now he's back into music. And she goes, what do you think? And I was like, I don't think you, you guys know how much I like you. Like I met you guys five years ago, four years ago, brought you into Live Nation. You and John acoustic saying hallelujah and made three live nation executives cry to the point where they said what are you doing thursday and they said i don't know jason what are we doing thursday i said don't talk to me look at them and say nothing they said nothing you're good you're headlining our live nation show now at south by southwest we're calling that other band and firing them good night and so i'm on the phone with nikki the other night i'm like i gotta bring you guys down she goes well okay i go nikki you don't get it like i love you guys I've been in homes of billionaires in Miami, on the beach, 20,000 square foot home, Larry King next door. And I'm like, uh, do you have um, Apple Music here? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, great. I'm going to airdrop in some music. And my buddy's like, can you not just airdrop in music right now? I'm like, well, we're listening to a great Caesar band while we're drinking wine and doing this. And then calling my friend John Michael and being like, 
We're listening to your song right now. Here it is. Listen. He's like, I'm so embarrassed, bro. I go, Nikki, I didn't have your cell phone number. I couldn't call you and, and harass you like this. And then gets back to the thing where I talked to Deb about, I assume as soon as I meet someone, like we're friends. So now I will tell people, oh, I'm friends with Matt. <laughs> like, and Deb was like, well, you were always Jason's friend. I go, nope, we were always friends, Deb. <laughs> we, were, we were always friends. But it's one of those things where I was like, I mean, they came in to town. I was able to take care of them because I knew their manager uh, and, uh, and, and do a lot of music with them and spend a lot of time with them. And I mean, they were on four or five different ABC shows. There's music in the background. They got some nods where they where they almost got a Grammy nod. They've done some stuff. So I'm like, you know, let's fly you guys out. Like, let's have a good time. Let's have a good time. Let's sing some songs. Let's blow the doors off this place. And then you bring in the more mainstream people, whether it's country pop or country or, you know, what whatever it may be to, to surround them. And you just show them, show them up. So Great Caesar Band, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Um, and then if I'm drinking in the driveway with the neighbors, 100%, Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> I love me. Tower of Power. And I've met Huey Lewis. I've cooked him a hamburger. I've met him in the Missoula, Montana airport. I've had a Budweiser with him. He's a very nice man. The Montana airport? I was going to say, yeah. what's what's that uh, food court look like in the Missoula, <laughs> Montana oh, airport? Oh, sir, first of all, bold choice to say food court. Yeah. Bold choice. Not a mall. Uh, it's a bar. Just like everything in Montana. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm hungry. Have you tried Budweiser, buddy? I have not. Well, if you're not hungry, we've got Bud Light. If you're hungry, we've got Budweiser. If you're really hungry and you don't want to pee, we have Bud Light Platinum. <laughs> do they do they have Arby's there, or is that a case of appropriation? No, no, we don't. We don't have Arby's yeah. there. No, no, no. We don't do a lot of fast food in Montana. Um, McDonald's, of course, is there. Wendy's is there because you know Wendy's is Wendy's is actually more popular than Montana because they have the square burger. Because that means you know the square burger means for Wendy's anyway. Uh, Here at Wendy's, we don't cut corners. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, hey, behind Dave Thomas. Did, did you? Who was mentored by Colonel Sanders? Really? Oh, Dave uh, Thomas had like thirty KFCs and sold them, and then sat down with Colonel Sanders and says, "I believe I can beat McDonald's at the burger game." In the late seventies, early eighties, was outpacing opening for McDonald's. And Burger King combined was outpacing them. And then quality, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a franchise model. Quality and some other things happened that caught up to them and beat them out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Wendy's was a and, and franchise model built on the KFC model. Huh. 100%. I think Wendy's is great, for the record. I'm a big fan of uh, dipping my french fries in a Frosty. I don't think I've ever had it. I hear people do what? that all the time. Well, yeah, uh, a why, man? Well, you're a, are you a Carl's Jr. man? What are you? Uh, yeah, not really. McDonald's? What's your what's your? I like Wendy's, but I just don't dip my fries in in a frosty. Oh, okay. That's pretty. I like the sweet and the salty. That's the thing. If there if there was a uh, Jason Dick, as we both love pizza, which I had pizza this yeah. morning for breakfast after after my run. Um, shout out to uh, Lonnie Austin Digital Jobs, who I just tortured. Open that up. It's all good. Wait. Ian's cr- finally cracking open again. He's finally getting oh. this good, good breakfast in him. Bad breath now. No, no mouth kissing. No mouth kissing for Ian. Oh, you don't know how we end every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You forgot because you had three or four again. It's the last time. So, sir. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back to me now. Uh, what do you, um, 
if there's a drive-through pizza place where you could just get drive-through pizza, which is kind of Little Caesars oh. model without a window. Like if Little Caesars would put a window up, where I don't. Uh, we have that. We have that. So I I live out in the hill country for three days a week, and we have a drive-through Little Caesars for three days a week. Three, do you have two families? What's I, going on? Uh, here? I, mean, <laughs> I have my nice kicks family in Austin, then I have my uh, little litter back in the hill country that I oh, okay. tend to. And I'm y'all sure have a drive. We have Caesars? a drive. So that I that mean, sounds like a Mormon cover band. What are you? We're little litter. I saw someone on the way to New Orleans as well. Yeah, that does. I, See, I'm not lying. See, out, out in Bolverde, we're blowing up. We got five thousand people now. We got a new Walmart, got a Whataburger, and a and a Little Caesars with a drive-through window. I've never eaten Whataburger. What's that like? <sighs> Wait, are you being serious? Yeah. What? Been here for a decade. Never you claim yourself to be a Texan? Nope. Not claim myself to be a Montana. Hey, we're gonna for, uh, <laughs> for, for the for my just tr- check for my trilogy on your podcast. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna watch Good Burger and we're gonna get you Whataburger. <laughs> get me time. Whataburger. I've never had. It. I don't eat fast food though. I just don't. Wow. Well, would you continue? To, would you have pizza if it became fast food? Yeah, that's going through a window, so it kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right? I make my own pizza. I do my own dough. I make it usually the night before. Well, uh, of course, the head of global would have nothing. Left. <laughs> 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 he, made, he made pizza for Huey Lewis after Huey Lewis fixed right. his. Uh, his that's right. That is. I gotta see one of these drive-through Little Caesars, but I've never even thought about that. That is a gap in the. Why don't we have? I guess Fazoli's, that little oh, town, they, they'll have passed some pizza through the window. Why don't we have drive Mc, McDonald's, that was the crux of when they tried to do pizza back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. They couldn't get the pizza through the window, so they had to uh, have This has got to cook for at least eight minutes? No, no, no. Our meat cooks in ten seconds. I don't know if you guys have heard the rumors, but that's how it works. Mexican pizza at Taco Bell, just for reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. I like that. One. I like that. Uh, question here as we're watching Blue Chips and uh, we're seeing Larry Bird. And it's, it's one, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, I, I, I'd say it's harder to say who's the greatest in football or who's the greatest in soccer than it is to say probably who's the greatest in basketball. I mean, there's only one answer. And Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it, you know, that rules change so much in football. You know, my argument would always be in football, Joe Montana is the best quarterback ever to play. Been to more than one Super Bowl, never lost. Been to more than one Super Bowl, never thrown an interception. Been to more than one Super Bowl and has the highest passer rating. Been to more than one Super Bowl with an average points win of 21 or more. That to me is the greatest. That to me is the greatest. Now, when you look at the talent, when you look at the talent around Tom Brady when he lost, he had a 17 and 0 season, right? He had yeah. Randy Moss. 16 and 0, 18 and 0 in the playoffs, and then they lost their 19. 19. So lost their 19. They're 18 0 in the playoffs, lost their 19. So when you look at the games that he lost, when you look at that team, when they, outside of Montana doing a comeback, and outside of him um, beating Dan Marino, arguably the best quarterback never to win a Super Bowl, him and him and who else? Dan Tony Gatz? Romo, obviously Tony, Tony Romo. Tony, Tony, I, I, I mean, obviously Tony Romo. How dare you? Sorry, Tony. that was a Cowboys uh, homer. Answer. That's a that's a homer answer, but I, I will say this: no, it's got to be Dan Marino. Dan Marino and Tony Romo, arguably the best color man to enter the game, fresh two years in. Yeah, yeah. Tony Romo's very good. Best color, right? Yeah. So then, outside of. You know, I mean, the, the argument tears down then, we're watching basketball film, an argument tears down for Michael Jordan. 
do you go old school and go Larry Bird or Wilt Chamberlain when I mean do you go Rich Mullen when you're looking at shooting? Do you Chris go, Mullen. Chris Mullen, sorry, I will. Yeah, I will. his brother will. Rich Mullen is the best insurance salesman in <laughs> But uh, Chris Mullen, Chris Mullen, yeah. Jason Dick knows to catch me on these, on these, <laughs> on, these on these bad names. Uh, <laughs> as, as as Roadhouse is. Are up. you asking where does Larry Bird rank? Yeah, where do you think Larry Bird ranks? Uh, he's up there. He's up there. Uh, Top five. Do you think, uh, do you yeah. Larry, do you think I, Larry Bird over LeBron James? No, mm, I have LeBron too. No. I uh, actually, um, this is fun. You put we him talk about sports on this uh, podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, well, let's, we got a sports thing. I like the ranking basketball players all time. And yeah, I have LeBron two already. I go Jordan one, LeBron two, Kareem three. Kareem. And then Magic and Larry are always right next to each other yep. for me after that. And I can't really decide if we're one or the other. Well, what about but Kobe? I was going to say Kobe slides in Kobe suck a dick. <laughs> okay, here. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What about what about the arguably the greatest the greatest clutch shooter of all time, Robert? Don't mess my hair, Hori. <laughs> snapping bottoms in the net with ice in his veins. Uh, yeah, Robert Ori is going to be way down in like the two uh, hundreds, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, oh. the question for me is where, and now we're going to get real basketball. Yeah, and he's, and he's already holding his fingers. How much of the super old geezer game am I going to include? Because I didn't include Wilt Chamberlain there or Bill Russell, who's, you know, you could put Bill Russell up to... Uh, no, but I'll tell you too. what. I'll put Pistol Pete Maravich up against any point guard today. And I'll have him school him. You could also throw Bob Cousy in in that one, too. Yeah. Yep. Bob Cousy won six rings. See, all those guys were, like, around before I ever... So, so I go Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, Larry, Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, Shaq, then Kobe. That's right. Shaq is ahead of Kobe. Better Laker. Hold on. Suck my dick. Hakeem Olajuwon got dunked on by Kevin Johnson, who is four foot eleven. <laughs> <laughs> That would be. I would, well, he was a Suns player to boot <laughs> in the old school Suns uniform with the sun, and then it kind of shined across. All right, Ian, sorry, chime in, please. Oh, well, You're holding your you, breath. Yeah, here. we said Robert Ory. Next time, uh, you know, next time Brett talks smack to you. Brett. Matt's the reason I know Brett. Brett. Okay. Brett worked for Nice Cakes. Best friends. Actually, I gotta, I gotta write his uh, wedding speech. So wish me luck on that. Oh, you need some uh, help. I got oh, some ideas. Goodness. Yeah, as um, an ordained minister and someone who's married uh, thirty people in, uh, in this in this wonderful nation, damn, and only had three divorces. I was gonna say, do you know your success rate? So yeah. that's ninety percent. You're that's, you're batting uh, nine hundred right now. That's pretty God, good. That's real good. I'm good. What's your success rate? Jason? I guess. Well, I'm two for two, but both of them are in the last three years. Like. It's not exactly. I don't have a great sample size. And I'm, I'm, I'm retired from the game. I don't want to marry anybody. Else. <laughs> don't marry anyone. Do not ask me. It's it's too stressful. I don't like. It's uh, Jason at one hundred one X dot com and uh, ask him to marry you. So I'm sorry. So you got to get a red marriage. But what what do you got going on there? What, what do you what do you yeah, think for your? So quick uh, quick tangent and this yeah, will yeah. like turn into how you can talk trash to Brett. But like South by Southwest, I think 2012 is that when Nike had the fuel ban thing or 2013? Yes, it was. 2012, 2013. Yeah, yeah, when they took over Spaghetti Factory or downtown. Yep. Yeah. 2012. So it must it must have been a Sunday. I went to I went to Mass St. Austin's with Brett. We got some Subway afterwards. You know, good kids. And there he goes, go. uh, Hey, Nike's having a a dunk contest on eight foot hoop. Uh, you should do it with me. I signed up. Oh man, I can't. You know, I, I can't really jump like that. You know, I don't. I don't have anything planned. Whatever, I do it. So we yeah. sign up, and Brett and I are in it. It's like Brett and I, a guy in jeans, and a guy that can actually dunk. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so because of the low enrollment, we make it to the finals. So when we do the first dunks, I'm not nothing planned or whatever. I mean, I'm pretty creative and I can dunk on an eight foot hoop most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. There's then there's finals. Fucking like two hundred people show up, and then celebrity guests George Gervin and Rob Ori. <gasps> so I'm like. <laughs> Did Rob have his embroidered jacket? You know, he's got the Rob Ori embroidered jacket series that he has and he wears most places. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he might have had, this will come to play later, he might have had all the O's and Robert embroidered. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm first up, so I asked George Gervin, who, you know... Kind, he's of, older. kind of a smart guy. Yeah, he's older, and I go, hey, man, can you give me one of those textbook finger rolls off the backboard? You know, because I'm just like, I got no ideas, you know, crowd involvement, yes, does it. I back iron every dunk. So, like, I'm out of this. I'm no good. Yep. Brett just does some, like, regular dunk. He's got no idea or whatever. Robert Orr gives him a zero, and Brett will never let it go and forgive it. So, <laughs> so next, the next time you hit a shot on Brett's ass, kind of like Robert Orr, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got more points on you than uh, than Robert Orr gave you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what's going on, bud? Oh, every time he misses a shot that I defend him, ooh, I scored you like Robert Ory. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Dude, uh, Robert Ory, I mean, he's Phenomenal he's in the top team. 10. He's a top 10 player for me. What? Top top defense, 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 and shots. This is uh, I would say Bruce Bowen over Robert Ory on oh. defense. Ooh, yeah, on defense. Sure. Yes. But then what happens when the ball comes down to the other side of the court? You gotta look at the full picture of the player. Yeah, and then and Bruce, Bruce Bowen's Bowen, open in the corner yeah. and he's gonna nail that shit, alright? He did twice. Plus Robert the Ory's guy defending him is hobbled because yeah. Bruce Bowen has <laughs> stuck his foot under his ankle last time he tried to shoot it, uh, The other time when he did which is, kick which him is, in the face. Which is odd that then Pop says, I can't believe that guy did yeah. that to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pop, nah, you were around both times. Right. Yeah. Oh, both those guys would be very good in the modern NBA because yeah. Robert Ory could guard three through five on pick and roll yep. in today's game. And yep. Bone could guard one through three. So and I um, and I selfishly, because uh, we get so much flack about me standing still and not moving, I ro- I, I model my game after Robert Ory, where I stand in the spot where I'm going to only shoot from. There's only two. And then everyone runs around, and the defender gets bored, and they get sucked into a double team. And then Ian throws me the ball, and this shaka hit the bottom of the net. And they go, that's not basketball. Don't call that scoring on me, Jason. You just stood there. You didn't defend me, fuckface. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's how it works. Hey, did I miss my deadline to play pickup with you guys? Why no, you listen. Bit? It's always ongoing. Coming Friday game. <laughs> Friday. I told him about Friday games. Yeah. It's 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 going to uh, interrupt his nap. The, That's his biggest the, issue. The, the, the <laughs> last episode we were on. What did it, you guys said? It was October. I think it was November. It was, I, I went back. It was October. I agreed to get in good enough shape that I could play pickup basketball because I'm too fat and pathetic now that I can't even play pickup basketball. Uh, and since then, what month is it now? January? Or February. Oh, shit. February. Fuck. Man, I'm missing it further. I'll tell you, I did, I ordered on the internet new basketball shoes. My bad. I should have gone to where? Nice kicks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but here, I don't even own a basketball, but I ordered a basketball from Amazon. It came to my house deflated. And that was like the the straw that broke. The, <laughs> and you the, looked at me like, like the out of shit guys. Did you, back. did you just look at me like you and me both, buddy? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Because, yeah, I was, like, so excited for it to arrive, and I was going to walk down the street to the little hoop, and I was like, oh, we're about to do it. We're getting in shape. We're going to go fucking run circles around these guys. And then it was just deflated, and it's still sitting in my bedroom. On the, but but like you've me. also you also famously beat a UT basketball player. I <laughs> I like the way you phrase it. Thank you very much. Uh, I am I'm uh, a professional, so head of global women's college basketball player. I beat uh, in one on one, and she went to Baylor. But the Baylor uh, program is better than the UT program, so that is more yes. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen. Sorry about that, Chanel Fox. I I'm sorry I had to do that to you. It's listen. It, th- things are gonna happen. The Chanel, Our name, by the way. What's that? Chanel Fox. Yeah, it's a gangster name, right? Yeah, gangster yeah. name. Yeah, she uh, she won a, a, a national championship at Baylor. She snaps she the net. Have, and she, she if she snaps the net on, on a three pointer and doesn't say Foxy in your face, she is missing out on <laughs> they many it. opportunities. They made, so this whole thing. For those who don't know the backstory, you got, everybody doesn't know the backstory. That's like I uh, I've listened to this backstory. I have it on repeat in my car. I so talked shit forever about how I could beat a women's college basketball player, and like every time somebody who was even remotely close to the program would be like, "That's terrible. You're stupid." I've got this girl who's going to come beat you. They would never, they would never agree to it because they have nothing to gain out of it, and the, there's no reason for them to do it. And then somebody somewhere connected me to this Baylor girl who was willing to do it, but they picked the wrong girl. They picked, I mean, she was like a, you know, like a post player at Baylor, like she was a, you know, a four. And I'm like, the the way to beat me is pick the. Five three point guard who's just going to run circles around me. Exactly. Like this. They want to size you up. Right, well, this girl, I'm, I, and I'm sure she was a very, look, she was a scholarship player at Baylor where she won a national championship. I bet she's very, very, very good at basketball. But she catches the ball in the post, and then, you know, and you're playing a game of one-on-one, you know, pick a girl who's got better handles than me. Pick a girl who's going to just, you know, wear me out. They, they You know, that was, that was their mistake. Sorry. Anyway, uh, and no. now I'm retired. I'm undefeated, so that's <laughs> just like two for two weddings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Walk off, Matt. Uh, you play hoops? I abs- I don't play any basketball at all. We actually did a segment to see how bad I was at free throw shooting, and be damned if I didn't hit seven out of ten. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should. I mean, every yeah. single one went off the backboard or whatever, but you know, still went in. What's your uh, What's your sport of choice? Uh, water polo. Water polo. Whoa. Whoa. No, we're involved. So my buddy, uh, a good, dear, dear friend of mine, uh, someone I've uh, had many uh, beverages with, and uh, he and I got Dr. Phil's wife drunk together in a little party time. Uh, Janai Kerr, who uh, was on the U.S. Olympic team in China, mm-hmm. the uh, first African-American uh, goalie for yep. uh, the U.S. water polo team, 6'7", can float in the water and throw that ball 58 miles an hour. It's a good speed. Also, what I found out from water polo... Uh, you guys are disgusting. <laughs> horrible, yeah, horrible yeah. human beings. They will try to give each other pink eye, or if someone has pink eye, they'll rub their eye and just start poking other people's eyes. Well, uh, the poking each other's eyes thing's definitely there. Hooking um, the legs and trying to drown people? No, well, the hooking the legs, that's defense. You know, the, or drowning. I mean, the, you pull each other's suits when you're in transition, trying to you know pull them back as well as get forward, you know. But yeah, is that that's got to be a penalty, right? Uh, if you get caught, it's a penalty. But, but oh no, water, water polo, water. water polo's whole thing is a 1950s date. If you get caught, I mean, it's a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally pull pull 
the suit right off of him, right? Like, oh, it's happened in the in in the two thousand games. This girl, like, I mean, it's a common thing. Like, her suit just ripped like right open up front. Like, the girls wow. are there. And the, and the other girl, like a soccer that. player, is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's a breakaway suit. Yeah. The girls have an advantage because there's more suit that you can grab onto when you're defending a girl. Guys, yeah, you not. guys are in a, I mean, the fact that water polo men aren't in just a hammock. Just a G-string hammock blows because of, of all the suit that they can play and you can grab onto. Like, I got full butt coverage. You can grab onto anything. Like, well, I mean, you can and again. But the hooking of the legs and being able to hold someone under Only they got the ball. Only they got the ball. That's not what I've heard. If they've got the ball, well, that's, that's <laughs> only allowed if they have the ball. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. only allowed if they have the ball. Yes. Uh, we had uh, I had uh, Tim Kennedy on his daughter, and he both play water polo. And, I mean, he's a he's a uh, you know ranger and a, a sniper, and you know killed hundreds of terrorists all around the world. And he credits some of that to water polo. I totally believe that. <laughs> totally believe that. You get in that water, and you don't always think about the ball. You just think about you know that guy in front of you. You're trying to drown. Jay, have you ever played water polo? Uh, no. What did I What did I give myself a, a month and a half to get in shape to play basketball with you guys? Yeah. Water polo, it's like, see me in another life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I'm with you. Uh, but listen, uh, I would never, I, it's dangerous. And I don't, I don't like feeling like I could drown at any moment. I like a pool, like my pool. Not like yours. Your pool's yeah. too deep. I like a pool where <laughs> I can stand up through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. How deep is the water polo? So at UT, it's, it's 12 feet, the pool that we play Ooh. in. So you got to stack two people on. How do you even decide that you're going to get good or play water polo? Because you can't just be at the public pool and be like, <laughs> watch me drown this kid. Yeah, yeah. Just trading yeah, water sucks. here for 60 minutes. like. <laughs> so the funny story is for me, when I started playing water polo, was in high school. And they needed people for the team. And I came out to play. I'm like, okay, look, some cute girls on the, on the girls' team. I'll definitely show up, show out. Uh, except I didn't know how to swim. So that was... Uh, <laughs> it seems my, like an yeah. inhibitant. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was uh, the, fir- the first month of practice was teach Matt how to swim so he can actually play the sport that's played in water. Wow. Yeah, I don't... Hmm. Do they, um, much like college basketball, full circle, you're welcome, big brain on Brad, do, uh, is that Kevin Garnett? Shaq. That's Shaq. That's Shaq right there. This is the time where she's telling him, he's telling her that he messed up on his SATs on purpose because those tests are culturally biased and he's actually smarter than you think. That's not true, Shaq. That's not true at all. Uh, Is it weird that when I... Is this the first version of The Blind Side? (laughs) <laughs> is, this, is this version 1.0 where, where that kid's like they could probably be moving about me if I wasn't a basketball player but a lineman I haven't seen The Blind Side we should put that on the list too let's do that but I, I so depressing I right? watched this movie as a youth uh, I mean a youth whenever it first came out I was probably 12, 13, 14 something like that and then I remember seeing it in my 20s and this scene particularly I was like is Shaq about to fuck this lady? Yeah, the hot mom. She's <laughs> looking around the room like, huh, does anybody yeah. anybody? She's watch got the her? high She's supposed jeans. to be tutoring him for the SAT. And yeah, here he comes in. He's like, how's it going? And she's like, he's a real stinker. He can pass the SAT whenever he wants. And I was like, man, I really thought Shaq was just going to like take her to the bedroom just then. Well, that's because of the the, the, the the world that you lived in, where if a woman was in your house in the afternoon, you guys had sex, <laughs> sir. We got a question here. Is that the first uh, Hollywood appearance of the tall tee right there on Shaq? Yeah, it was a very tall tee, but especially uh, considering yeah. what, 1993? Yeah, 1993 tall tee. I don't know what that is, but uh, 
By the way, you were from Highland Mall. See, Shaq has got a Shaq is what seven foot two, three, yes, yeah. something like that. His his shirt there was like five and a half feet. <laughs> Uh, there was just a lot of shirts. It was long down. It was too. Is it like all the? Together. Is it like all the shirts they sell at H E B? Just, <laughs> just no matter what size it is, it's too big. I have a small. Okay, did you buy me an extra large? It says S on there. Like every H E B shirt's huge. Uh, question. In the world of big men, what happened? First of all, what? And I'll ask Ian this. Uh, what happened to Portland? And what happened to Yao Ming? So Portland famously has lost. Yeah. It lost Jordan. Didn't get Jordan because they went for a big man. Oh, sorry. And then it's like everyone's like, "Oh, did Portland learn their lesson?" They're like, in the second round, the Portland Trailblazers draft, and everyone's like, "Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant." Like, Greg Oden. And everyone's like, And everyone was right. Again, what is it in your knowledge of basketball? Mm-hmm. The win loss percentage on a big man seems to be way more loss than win. Mark Eaton, Utah. Just, mm-hmm. a, just, just he. If there was a Sasquatch sighting in Utah, someone's like, "Ah, oh, that was Mark Eaton going to the liquor store." Mark Eaton, Utah. Yao Ming, never really injury prone. Greg Oden, right? Um. Who else is a is a famous big man well, that didn't do shit? No, notably who's the Mormon? Who's the Mormon? Bradley, Bradley, Bradley. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. Well, Portland, well, their I think the only championship they won was with Bill Walton. Yes. Who Bill Walton is like Greg Oden zero point zero because he's like this big guy who was awesome, and then it's like oh, it turns out you're not supposed to be seven two and agile. Your feet are broken. Congratulations, uh, and yeah, that, that's and you're what done. Happened. Yeah, that's what happened. And Portland never lost their, never learned their lesson. But I don't think the, generally speaking, the NBA has ever learned their lesson over the fascination of of a big man in the post versus a versatile big man like a. I'm gonna butcher his name, Porzingis. Yeah, Tiffy. Although he had injury issues as of late. And Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, I mean Dirk's kind of more of a three-four. But say. he's also seven feet tall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Never he's one of the original unicorns, him and KG. Him and KG. So outside of the unicorns, one, what the fuck is wrong with Portland? And two, <laughs> but seriously, what's wrong with Portland? And they've had a lot. I mean, they had good luck recently, you know, with Dame Lillard. Um, but previously, not bigs, but Brandon Roy, you know, who could have been a All-NBA first-teamer, perennial injury. Uh, Sebastian Telfer, point guard. Is it the weather? Maybe. Uh, it can be kind of dreary out there. And then what's the thing with is it did did she, was, was is Shaq the last great big man like traditional oh. in the post I'm gonna revolve it like Phil Jackson's triangle really does work best with a legitimate honest center it does honest is in true to that position yeah because because, because because I Paul mean, Gasol did not do the same functionality that Shaq did but he was the, he was the four Bonham was playing the five. But Bynum wasn't really. It, it, I mean, I, I, honestly, be, you could probably switch those two outside mm-hmm. of shooting. Right. Quality. I mean, he had to. I know. It's, man, now we're getting into bas- basketball X's and O's. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you have Jason to have once a, again shocked by my a, knowledge. A, a five threat, if you would, because he ran the triangle with Bill Cartwright in Chicago. Bill Winnington uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Cartwright, the prettiest free throw 
ever <laughs> shot. Oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> I just acted it out. Just acted it out. Uh, We're not on YouTube. You're going to imagine. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, is Tim Duncan a big? Tim Duncan is a... Is four, a, four, right? Four. four. Yeah. Oh, Best four he's, a, he's a center, but Russell. he was drafted to a team with David Robinson. Fair. That's my team. Uh, I, I support the Spurs. I consider Tim Duncan a center. But Do you yeah, consider we, your courtside seats uh, supporting the Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> I am a Spurs season ticket holder. Courtside is very, very, very inaccurate. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I don't think we'll ever see a, a Shaq again. Uh, just because of the way the game has changed. What would you even do with Shaq now? Like, if you had, oh my god, Jason's brought another one. This is, uh, now we're going to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> what would you do if you had Shaq on your team now? Exactly what's sitting right here. He's the big man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I you're right. right. Just throw it to him and let the guy who's, you know, Shaq is 7'2, yeah, 3, 320 pounds. Who's the guy for Golden State? Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins. All right, no, the the the, the Draymond really, Green. Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green, who arguably plays center sometimes. Yep. Even though he's you know six, six eight. Five, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two hundred sixty five pounds. Yeah, just throw it to Shaq and let him turn around and dunk on the guy every time. Yeah, you can open that right in the mic. That's how that works. So soda oh. pops, wobbly pops, kids. Are you taking a bathroom break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing well, that that twenty four ounce, the twenty five ounces, it's that extra ounce of platinum. That'll get you. You want me to discuss? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Because you, you arguably have the most. You and Jason Dick have the most basketball knowledge here. I just like to throw random shit up and see what sticks. Outside of what I listen to on Sports Center or the the Lakers in general, because I do follow them and we get to talk about them a little bit. So yeah, we do we do have good Lakers combo, which can transition that eventually. Kuzma. Um, yeah, Kuzma's my guy. Um, I see Greg Oden play in college. He was at Ohio State when I was at Michigan State. Um, probably. The best college player I've ever seen with Mountain Two Eyes in real life. Like, no cap. And like, Mike Conley was on that team too and was very good. Odin, I'd say even better than Buddy Heald and Trey Young down here. Better than Trey Young. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know me, the way I yeah, like yeah, to play yeah. ball, I love Trey Young. But Odin was, I was like, this had to be what it felt like to see Pat Ewing play Georgetown. But when you've got him and then you see Kevin Durant and you've got your history. Fair. Man, but I always feel like the big man's a more sure thing. You know, I, I'm a... How is the big man more sure thing when they're more prone to injury? Fair. Because uh, a dunk's a higher percentage shot than a three-pointer. I mean, if you're not Steph Curry, probably. Right. I mean, right? Yeah, the game's changed. The game's changed. And I think, I mean, you know, ideally, right, a perfect game is almost with a staff or... I mean, you go back to those old-school Warriors, you know, 20 years ago, Chris Mullen. Mm-hmm. Right, that... Those pure shooters, that shooting, that running five, all at six five, game, exhausting out the big man. Great idea, of course. Modern day has proven it, but now you've got these big men that have cardio, right? I mean, you've got that can run. Kawhi, Kawhi's got cardio. He's he's legitimately can has a good post game. Well, he's not a big he's man. He's a three, but he's I would a three, say he's a three. But he's got, play, I mean, he's, that's why he's, I think, one of the best in the games. Because, yeah, you can throw it to him in the poster. He can do he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, the big man, the, the game has changed from the perspective of a center and what you expect, for him, expect from him. Uh, and, yeah, you're probably not going to see ever again a only just back to the basket, throw me the ball down low center. Because they, they won't make it. 
I might be the last one. (laughs) (laughs) There are some times where Ian's like, just go to your spot and do your turnaround. It's fine. You know what? I know know you're itching to do it. Go ahead. You gotta teach me that too. (laughs) The unfortunate part is because if you are some sort of, if you were born and you were gonna grow to be seven foot one. It's weird that you talked about that right when the girl in shorts with the full leg was showing, like, if you were born. Yeah, I I got distracted for a second. Is that Penny Hardaway? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you at least knew it's like well at least I can go to the NBA now if you're just a clumsy seven foot one guy you're just forever doomed to be uncomfortable on a plane and that's it no I, I actually believe that you are a water polo player now if you can learn how to swim oh, yeah, absolutely you got those long a water polo advantage? oh my I didn't even god think about that. Well, I had one mat one time trying to match up against a guy who's six six and it's just I mean wow yeah Impossible. Impossible. Look at these. Look at these neon bedo shorts. I swear to God, I had these shorts in eighth grade. Like Did the, you make your mom buy these shorts after watching this movie? <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah, I had some purple jean shorts in eighth grade. <laughs> Fuck yes. I, didn't I can't. T- I, I can't didn't wear tuck jean my shorts. into them, I don't think. But I'm not a guy who wears jean shorts. Uh, never have been able to. It's just not. It's not a part of my fashion. Oh. Is that weird? No, I'll go to this to you, to, to, to you two gentlemen who are in the fashion world, to, who see the, the, the fashion all around. What is it uh, that makes one man um, comfortable or able to wear jean shorts and another man not? Well, I Is it I just mentality? Okay, I, speak to me. Yes, I, I, I'm famously known for my jort collection. Um, I, I, think, I think jean shorts can be done in a fashionable way. You know, there's nothing wrong with jean shorts. But by everyone or by you? I mean, I guess my question is like, is it that you feel comfortable in them or you like them? So you're like, well, I'll rock them. And Bill's like, it, it, I mean, it's like, what do they call it? The, uh, um, it's like big dick power or whatever. Yeah, big dick energy. Big, big dick yeah. energy. There it is. Yes, it's jort where it's like, energy. Where it's like, where it's like, you've got jort energy. I like, have that jort energy, man. Big dick right. power seems like the way He-Man warms up before sex. Like, <laughs> I have the power. He's like, if you'd take that Viagra, you would, He-Man. But we're getting there. Uh, yeah, so there he is. Turn it around. Hook shot. Hook shot. The hook shot is lost. Yes, you know what Shaq, you know Shaq yeah, never really had? Never a jumper. No. I mean, if you left him 15 feet away. Never a jumper, but he could move then. It's just like he, he made the decision to get huge. So who knows? Maybe if John Beater or Anthony Davis does, maybe we see Shaq 2.0. I'm going to use that line when I think back to when I was Pull that mic I made that. I made that decision to get huge. Yeah. That's what I tell my wife. She's like, you know, you gained a little bit of weight when we got married. Honey, I've made the decision to get huge. Yeah. I've made the decision to spend more time with pizza and beer than because uh, I broke. You weren't here. You know this. Uh, I broke a, a, a stationary bike. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Broken. Oh yeah, yeah. I broke it. Great I got job. up. She's like, "This is the hill class. The thirty-minute class feels like a sixty-minute class." I was like, "No, it doesn't." She's like, "Excuse me." I'm like, "No, it's just math. Thirty minutes, sixty minutes. It's not the same thing." And she's like, well, okay. And then she's like, up, down, up, down, up, crack. The fucking break. 24-hour fitness, you suck a bag of dicks. Broke. I went ass over tea kettle. And they, you know, she comes, she unclips and tick, 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 comes running over. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, 
I don't know what to say except to point to the bike and be like, I mean, I think it's broken. And then everyone in the class laughs. I'm like, well, this is my first chance at stand-up comedy at 45, and I'm doing really well. <laughs> and then the other gal, the front desk gal comes in. She's, you know, 11 teen, first job. And she's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, stop touching me. This is really inappropriate. She's like, are you just fine? I'm like, I think I'm going to be okay. And then one guy goes, what happened? And I was like, a bike broke in there. Those are brand new bikes. That's weird. I'm like, don't worry, I'm fine. He goes, are you? And I'm like, no, I'm not. You guys got shitty equipment in this whole fucking gym. I hate you guys. But at $15 a month, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in. I'm 100% in. So, yeah, so it's, you know. Thanks to our sponsor, 24-Hour Fitness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sign up at uh, 24hourfitness.com slash suck a bag of dicks. Help the podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're going to use the promo code, I can also break a bike. <laughs> All uh, one word, lowercase. All right, I looked it up. Uh, Talk to me. Career, Shaquille O'Neal, three-pointers in the NBA. Hold on. Will you do prices right? Oh, yeah. How many, Ian, you start. How many three-pointers do you think Shaquille O'Neal made in his NBA career of two and a half years, how many? How many? <laughs> yeah. Maybe how many three points? Three. Three. Matt, what do you yeah, got? I was picking to pick that number. I'll go. I'll. Uh, You're gonna go, go over or under. Ooh, I think we go over and take. I'll take four. I'm gonna go eight. Uh, bum bum bum. Is that how it's supposed to go? <laughs> All of you have gone over, so. Jeez. <laughs> oh, two. Uh, the answer is one. He one! Is one of 22 <laughs> from three-point land, Shaquille O'Neal. I feel like those 22 shots were just done like in the last minute of the fourth quarter for entertainment for the crowd. <laughs> I'm sure. Like, buzzer beater, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm trying to find the video. It's uh, All right, here. We can all watch it together. Since uh, uh, Are we loading? Yeah, we're thinking about it. The wheel of the sky. Oh, here we go. Oh, he's with the magic. Oh, yeah, it's a... He's with the magic? A, that's what well, Okay, thinking. so that's the only... It was a buzzer beater, sort of. I don't know if it's it at the like end of a quarter. Who he was? The time is just like, I'll throw it out. Oh, oh off the back of our Of course, off the glass. Who was, who was the big three-pointer during that magic uh, during that magic time? Was it Mark Scott? No, uh, Dennis Scott. Dennis Scott. Dennis yeah, yeah. Scott just Kyle's trust, just trust me on last names. Off. Just trust me on last names. Yeah. Yeah. Scott. Uh, so Dennis Scott, and then in that finals, he went. He he shot like Shaq, one for twenty two every game. Isn't that? I think it was Nick Anderson who was the one who screwed yeah, the up the finals, throws, right? Yeah, yes. That did that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, well, two of them. Two of my favorite players of all time, who you never want to trust in the playoffs, but you always love in the regular season. Johnny Starks and Nick the Quick Van Exel. Ooh, yes. Regular season, you want to win? Johnny Starks gets you a win. Nick Van Exel gets you a win. First round playoffs, if you want a loss, you just give them the ball. <laughs> it's almost like a couple of times for the Spurs, who's your uh, Manu Ginobili? Manu Ginobili. He has hurt you guys more. What the fuck are you oh, talking about? No, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. You, if I you, you have lost. Either. You have lost two finals, one hundred percent on the shoulders. No, of no, no. We we lost one finals because Tunk Duncan wasn't in in the last minute there in Game Six. No, yeah, so that, is, that, that was, was a huge. Area that was right. a giant. I still think that managing over there is a more turnovers letter. for the Spurs in the playoffs than any other player. Ooh. See, this is funny because I, I my usual Manu Ginobili discussions are with others. His hairline? No. <laughs> other, other Spurs fans who insist that it's like, 
Manu Ginobili is a top 50 player of all time. I'm like, nope. well, he's, he's like, he's like a good Not a guy, I mean, want, not a guy uh, I want on my top 20 team, let alone I, top look, 100 team. No, I love Manu Ginobili. And uh, he's... He's tremendous. He swat a bat out of midair. Yeah, that that right? deserves a lot of points. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's great. Um, Jason, now, now we're in a fight. Now, <laughs> you know what? if you hadn't given me one and a half twenty-five ounce beers today, we would really be in a disagreement. I, I think. I think with a lot of Spurs players, you they might not crack the top fifty, the top twenty, the top hundred even. But when you think about what that team was that Pop put together, I mean, that's... I mean, he's the best, what, yeah. That's what it is. It's like he's able to take a bunch of guys who are in the top 300 and make them into oh, NBA I think, Oh, I think Pop's the, the... I think, hands down, Pop's the greatest NBA coach of all time. I mean, I I don't even... I don't put... You know, by the way, fun fact, Phil Jackson's first coaching job. Anybody know? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Uh, was there Montana? It was Montana. Yeah. Flathead Valley Community College Eagles. Really? In Kalispell, Montana. And he got removed because he brought in some black players. That's oh, Montana. Wow. You guys are awesome. Uh, that was his first coaching job. But I would put I would put Pop over Phil Jackson. I would put Pat Riley over Phil Jackson for the teams that they've coached and, and won with on multiple occasions. Phil I, Phil did a better job of making big egos work in a small team. Pop did a greater job of making mid-sized people become great. Yeah. And Pat Riley did the greatest job of making one ego lower himself while while making other people feel like they had a bigger bigger ego in playing that. I mean he made Michael Cooper seem like the greatest wingman of all time. He just did. And Michael Cooper believed it and went on a fast break. If he stopped and, and, and Magic Johnson swung, swung it to him, just count it. Just count the bucket. Just put it in. He also had the guy who used to play, uh, what, what was the, 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 the big Sasquatch Wookiee thing in Star Wars? Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Uh, the, uh, the, Kurt the Rambis? Kurt Rambis. I mean, he made Kurt Rambis feel like he could back up Kareem. Pat Riley did that. Pat Riley legitimately looked at Kurt Rambis and said, you can back up Kareem. And he was like, I can? I'm like, with, with your rec specs and your missed shots and your goofiness. And then the only person that that inspired outside of Kurt Rambis was Mark Madsen. But those two <laughs> dumb white guys were like, I love Pat Riley! <laughs> Matt, you didn't know it was going to go there, did you? I, I did not. I did not. I, I was thinking, for some reason, you mentioned Kareem, and I all of a sudden got stuck in this part of D2, the Mighty Ducks movies, where Kareem and Pat Riley were only a couple minutes apart from each other. Thinking of that moment. And I'm the only one in the room who I mean, it's, yeah, that I, no, I don't it's, know that I've seen D2. Put that on the list. Good one. We have a whole sports list. movie. The yeah. Knuckle Puck? You've never seen The Knuckle Puck. I don't think so. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to remember iconic Disney movie moment. I know. Yeah, I mean iconic's aggressive. <laughs> for Disney sports films, hey, look, there, there's an NHL franchise that can thank you for. Yeah, you know that's pretty good. Like in, in all good. professional sports, did a movie inspire an actual franchise? Yes. An actual. Yeah, that's pretty good. And what do you I mean? Yeah, there's there's no other, right? Outside, outside of what Wayne Gretzky's daughter could possibly do in the future. Uh, here, uh, on a casting note. Yes. We're looking at Ricky Rowe here, the uh, 
he's one of the guys that uh, Nick Nolte and the program paid to come play basketball here. So the yep. three main stars, you have Shaquille O'Neal, one of yep. the biggest, best upcoming basketball players at the time. Uh, Penny Hardaway, who was a, you know, what was he, the third pick, who would be on uh, Shaq's team next year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this guy, Ricky Rowe, yep. the white kid, who is not a professional basketball player. I don't know if he's a professional actor. I don't know who he is. But it was like, why were there no good white basketball players we already, we cast already, we, in this we role? We already put him in. It's just with Larry Bird. How bad is Christian yeah. Leitner as an actor that he could not have been... Worse than Larry Bird. We could, we could put him on the dream team, but <laughs> yeah. we couldn't put him in blue chips. Why did we have to go... Like, on the set, because you have two legitimate professional basketball players, Penny and Shaq, and then this other guy, are they just like, oh, fuck this other guy. Yeah, it's like, he's Speak, definitely just as good as us. Just as just... Woof. Who, uh, speaking of uh, Penny, who, what are your top three best players that never won a championship? Basketball players? Yeah. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley has to be up there. You think? Uh, God, you think, I hate Carl Malone, but Carl Malone is probably. Yeah, Carl Malone. Yeah. Pat Ewing? Yeah, I was thinking Pat as well. I mean, I definitely have Carl and Charles up there. I totally can blame Timmy, Timmy Hardaway, Minnie Jordan. You don't have him on there? Steve Nash, uh, perhaps? Steve Nash. Steve Nash. John Stockton. John Stockton. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bat, the Robin to Batman there. Vince Carter, who's still playing. Hey, hey, 52. it ain't over. It ain't over. He could yeah, all of a sudden like, get traded to the yeah. Golden State out of nowhere. You he's know? got an hour, I think. Yeah, he's got an hour. Yeah, yeah. 35 <laughs> minutes left in his clock. Oh, yeah, we were recording this on the day of the NBA trade. Yeah. Did Anthony Davis get traded yet? Yeah, I, mean, I turned off my notifications. <laughs> this might not have been a good time to do that. Um, Anthony Davis had quite a... The New Orleans got quite a sweet offer from the Lakers. Like, we'd like a little bit more. Is this your Wi-Fi? We don't, don't rent pigs. No, no, we don't rent pigs. I say that aggressive Wi-Fi. I was gonna say I stayed at a Portland oh. Airbnb so, that had chickens, so you know. Who is? I mean, who are your top three though? I mean, seriously, because there's a, there's a laundry list of people, right? I mean, there's there is a great great list of people. Uh, I don't put Patrick Ewing in my top three because he also did not win a college championship. Like he failed across the board. He just did. That's me. That team was also arguably better when he was off of it, too, <laughs> the Knicks. Yeah, they um, were arguably better when he wasn't playing. Um, you know, so you, you run down the list of, of people and... I mean, it's got to be... Barkley's definitely sure. the best, right? Because he... And to, Is because he better than Penny Hardaway, do you think? When Barkley was yeah. in shape, if Barkley played today, because he was like a true before his time inside-out man, like he could play the post, but also like played out on the perimeter... And then he just like sort of got fat and slow. But like when he was in shape, Barkley, I mean, he was one of the best ever. He led ninety two and ninety six dream team in scoring and rebounding. Like that's is that true? God yeah, damn. yeah. So I think I think Barkley for sure. Although one could maybe make an argument that like top power forwards of all time. I'm not thinking Tim Duncan's number one. Obviously, he's got plenty of rings. Maybe some people put Carl Malone ahead of Barkley because of scoring statistics, what have you. But uh, mm-hmm. I think Malone's probably on that list. And then you know you'd be talking Stockton, Reggie. Um, yeah, Reggie. Uh, maybe Stockton, just in regard to like respect from his peers and stuff like that. Maybe T Mac. I know T Mac is kind of. Some people have different views on him, but I'm probably more likely to pick like a current player. They got a uh, Elgin like Baylor. Anthony Davis might be like the fifth best player to never win a championship. Baylor. 
What about Elton Baylor? Oh, see that, Ooh, that's again all these that? old guys who have played. So I had before. to I had to look it up. I I forgot that Oscar Robertson won one championship because I would have if he hadn't won that one. I would yeah. have said he'd be he'd have to be in the conversation. Pistol Pete Maravich. I mean, I love Pistol Pete. Um, did he? Actually, I think he might have been on one of the Celtics teams with like Bill Walton was on too. Yeah, I think that won it. I won it, or at least that went. I know the next year. He got in trouble in practice and then never played pro ball. Again. What about uh, what about our friend from Michigan who likes to call timeouts when there's no Chris Weber? What about Chris Weber? Fantastic, but I don't think top three. I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's top three, but he is. Yeah, he's great. He was Chris great. Weber would be great today too. A guy who was ahead of his time, inside out big man, passes if, the ball great. If it wasn't for this movie, Chris Weber and Shaq would have been teammates. You think so? Yeah, yeah, because uh, this oh, was yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Magic, mm-hmm. yeah, so the Magic had back-to-back number one picks. No? Yeah, they won um, the lottery with it. The, they were like the last team, and they had one ping-pong ball there. They changed the rules the next year uh, when the Magic won the lottery uh, the year after Shaq and Penny Hardaway. Well, Chris, Chris Weber was the top pick, but go ahead. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so they drafted the rights to Chris Weber, but Shaq was like, yo, I played ball all summer with this kid, Penny Hardaway. On the set of this yeah, movie. Yeah, on the set of this movie. Every time I put my hand up, the ball was in my hands. Because you could still even see it when Penny played, like, he played, I think, 16 games for the Heat in, like, 08 or so. And he could still post entry pass to Shaq better than anybody. Just wow. like, you know, he's a six foot five point guard, essentially. What um, about uh, What about Kevin Garnett? He won with Celtics. Won, yeah, you know, Celtics. Anything is possible. Yeah. 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 I was like, that's right. KG was the only foil because when you were saying that whole, like, John Starks, they yeah, yeah, still yeah. not very good in the playoffs, I thought, well, like, maybe it's just because they're high energy guys and those guys aren't good at maybe controlling their emotions or stuff like that mm-hmm. on a stage that amplified. Because Kevin Garnett for a while didn't either. And he's yeah. obviously a high energy guy. Yeah. But, you know, eventually, 100%. eventually won. Eventually won out. Uh, so then, man, so, I mean, I look at it, I'm looking at Penny Hardaway, Tim Hardaway, Minnie Jordan, just guys that changed the game, that really changed their position and changed oh. them stuff. And, and Alan Iverson. Yeah. AI. Oh, AI. yeah, that's yeah. good one we didn't mention. Yeah. I feel like you want to ring just for that step over. <laughs> I, I think that deserves, I think more people remember that than, you know, one. Than the Lakers beating him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's probably him, and uh, you know, if you really break it down to some guys that didn't just get the respect and love that they deserve, uh, you know, in, in winning rings, then it's probably AI, and then and then Kobe and Jordan, I think, are the are the three players. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one of our fans They're in so Kenya. Close. There's one of our friends in Kenya just rapidly taking notes, going, "I agree, my friend. Let's, let's go. These, <laughs> let's go." These are not all accurate basketball facts. <laughs> If Don't I'm take ta- this back to your water cooler, <laughs> sir. <laughs> if I'm talking, you want to Google it. If Jason, Dick, or Ian are talking, probably fairly factual. It's just it's the way it works. On basketball, I say mistruths about other things all the time. Of course, 100%. Uh, so, where are you guys at? Because this gets down to Nick Nolte and a little bit of heart failure and everything else. Uh, Ian, I'll start with you. Where are you at on on paying college athletes and this, and this bullshit... You know, I'll call it bullshit response of, they get a free education, man. Because they don't. Underwater basket weaving is not a free education. Having this hot middle-aged lady tell you about life in her bathrobe <laughs> is not a free education. I, know, I mean, of course. I'm, by the way, she was great in TNT. 
in the, um, I forget the drama series that she was on in TNT. Another bathroom break. I've been trying to place her and where else I've seen her and I can't. She was a Major Crimes. She was the head of detectives in Major Crimes on TNT. One of the, one of my, uh, the throwback show, I love that show. She got some weird cancer and she, she's out. So um, I don't know if they're going to bring the show back or not. But Ian, where are you at on, uh, with the millions of dollars, coaches getting paid, all that money, all of those things. Um, universities making so much money. Where uh, where are you at in this world of um, of uh, paying or not paying college athletes? Like where where does that where does that lay out? Yeah, I mean uh, they definitely got to pay them, you know, in some fashion. Like it's um, you know it's funny. I think about one of the biggest blessings in disguise for me growing up was getting cut from basketball teams because basketball was never work. It was never a job. So I still okay. love playing. It's always fun. For these kids, especially at the college level, it's 100% a job. If you go to Michigan State and play basketball, you do more hours put in on a weekly basis than I do for nice kicks. You know? Plus, you have to the do school on right top here. of that. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, Matt knows I work about 20 hours a week. No, I'm kidding. I'm playing. That's what Jason but, Dick works. Yeah, yeah, hey, exactly. I never stop working. How yeah. dare you? But, you know, and especially for so many of these, it's it's almost like the one-hit wonder model in the record business. It's like rinse and repeat. You know, like, you go to school, they make money off you selling tickets, off your likeness, off your jersey, and unless you're savvy enough Unless you're good enough to go to the NBA or savvy enough to know how to market yourself after, which even I'm a marketing major, you're not really, really going to learn that in school because most of these models are new. Um, you're fucked. Like, and I hate to say it, but it's true. Like, you know, how, how does that, I mean, honestly, and is you brought up marketing. So let's say you're a, you're a strong three guard Indiana. You know you're not going to make the NBA. You might get drafted, but you're not making the team, right? But you're strong. Mm-hmm. You have a strong name in Indiana. You're a smart kid. You're a business major or a marketing major. How does a witty company like Geico not come up and swoop you up, put you in commercial, make you make you an insurance rep, right? Be like, hey, you're 22 years old. You spent four, 10 years in college, whatever it is. You're here. You didn't make the NBA. You're going to be in our commercials regionally. You, Everyone knows who you are. We're going to have some fun. We're like, listen, he can make shots, but he couldn't make the NBA. Guess what? You can insure a Toyota Corolla, not a Lamborghini. Come with Geico. Like, how do you not, I mean, and I understand, like, some people got to swallow that was a pride. Nice pitch. That was right. good. Thank you. But you got to swallow a little bit of pride, right? But you're not making the NBA. Cherokee Parks, who barely made the NBA, I got to play with him at 24-Hour Fitness uh, down in, in Southern California. I got to play with him. I got to play with. I got to. I got to play with a lot of. Guys. I play with AC Green, who is very pent up because you know of all those years of virginity, rooming next to Magic Johnson, where he just laid pipe. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, Aah! Magic's like, one more AC, just seven more, and then and then I'm gonna see Cookie. I'm going to put the icing on the cookie. It's going to be fine. <laughs> An angry player. Uh, you know, we, we just, we, we, I was able to play with a lot of professional athletes. And I understand the ego's huge. I do. But you're not a pro athlete. You're a college athlete. And you are good as a college athlete. I don't get the secondary market approach. 
and as you guys who, who live in the marketing world more what much more than I do, I don't understand how these businesses don't look at this secondary marketing approach, the second team. I mean, Mutt Lynch's is the only bar that I know of that flies the last person drafted in for the for the NFL. They fly them into Mutt's and they get a drink and party with people. Smart. Who's that? Mutt Lynch's, Newport Beach, California. Nice. We're going to do a live remote there one day and we're going to sponsor. Maybe it'll be Play-Doh's Closet, where if you fart in those pants, I'll buy them later. 24-hour <laughs> fitness. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> See what we can do for your business? See see the fire and energy we can have. The dick vital moments of, of our lives. But I'm curious why that doesn't happen more. Why they don't, you know, I mean, why why are every business looks at the first tier and goes, I, I just can't afford Chris Weber. I can't afford Shaquille O'Neal. And they don't look at the second tier. They don't look at someone and go, regionally, that kid's a fucking rock star. That kid right there is the one that in Minneapolis, St. Paul, can murder Romy into everyone getting onto State Farm. He or she has got charisma. They've got this. They've got that. They won a championship. They did this. They were a role player. Where does role player, and you guys visit with these, all three of you, and I'll start with Jason Dick here in a second here. Where is it that role player starts on a team and stops in the public eye? Why is it like I was a role player there, but now I'm I'm, I'm a big dick bandit and recognize me? I I think I'm not totally sure of the question, but like uh, oh no, it was meandering. How dare you? <laughs> uh, like if you're a San Antonio Spur and you're the eighth best Spur, you can still get some local endorsement deals. In fact, when when Boban. Mardanovich is a uh, Boban. If you guys don't know Boban, even if you're not in basketball, legend. Just Google him. Hold on, hold on. He's Cheyenne, a, what's the Fox girl? Who's the police Fox? Chanel Fox. Chanel Fox. So Chanel Fox. She doesn't make the WNBA. Yeah. And let's say in Baylor, she's selling insurance, and she and she has this commercial. She goes, "Sure, I got beat by Jason Dick, <laughs> but no one's beating State Farm's prices with me on well, their side." Okay, so yeah, I was gonna follow. I was like, those guys can still get some local money, and you'll see that uh, occasionally guys who played at UT. I mean. Vince Young is an interesting example, even though he's not doing the greatest news for himself recently. Get a driver, Vince. But, you know, he's licensed his name to a steakhouse. He's got other different, you know, business interests like that. But the Should problem is, if you're asking, seats. Why, can't, <laughs> why can't we get these kids some money while they're playing in college? And no, even, even just after. Like, you know you're not making the NBA. Well, right. Why don't they, why is, why is there a smart marketing person out there going after and doing this? I think it probably is happening, but the problem is if you want to let the kids while they're playing college sports do that, is that just the cheating, you're opening up so many more doors for, the regulation's going to be difficult because if you're Red McCombs, a noted UT donor and business, uh, you know, operator. He's gonna say to the number one recruit in the country, who's committed to Florida or USC or Ohio State or wherever, be like, "Oh, we'll come to Texas because you can endorse my car dealership and my endorsement clients start at a million dollars a year or something like that." And so I think it's just a Pandora's box that it's it's hard to open that and keep the integrity, the competitive landscape of college sports. You know, uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would say, uh, but I would, I would look at it more after that. 
of, of these college athletes that then go, well, where do I go? Because I spent so much time. I spent, you know, I didn't get to spend 20 hours a week as a full-time job at Nice Kicks. I had to spend, you know, 80 hours a week uh, dribbling the ball left and right. And now what do I do? And I got a business major, but what do I do? And the fact that you were the 12th man, you were a walk-on. My buddy David Baga did it best. He was a walk-on in Arizona. A walk-on. He wrote a book called The Walk-On. I got him in the Wall Street Journal covering his book, The Walk-On. You're welcome. That's what I do, David Baggett. Head of Global. Head of Global. Bam. Bam. That's what I do. He wrote, and then he wrote another book, and then, and then someone called him and said, you know what? We want, you did this book, you did this, you did this. We want you to run our recruitment for our medical sales. Run our recruitment. Run it. And he's like, okay. And like, and run it with all your college friends. All the friends that didn't make the NBA, the NFL, didn't do this. And they're like, sweet, let's do it. But he leverages the shit out of that. Um, you know, Alex Holmes, a buddy of mine, his brother-in-law is Troy Palomalu. His, other bro his brother is Khalid Holmes. The most successful years Andrew Luck ever had was Khalid Holmes as his center. But there's another center who didn't do shit that didn't make it to the NFL, that played, that went back home somewhere, that some agent, somewhere, some company should fucking leverage them because it's free marketing, you dumb fucks. Am I wrong, man? No, you're 100% right. I think that, so right now, I think social media has completely changed the game on this. And the reason I say that is that you can use your position at a university and build a following while you are on that team. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys, their their only deals can come after college. Well, guess what? You can start building an audience when you are in college, when you are the shit, when you you know you might not be able to take or kind of the shit. You are yeah, or even kind of the shit. I think that the biggest miss is I see a lot of companies miss this in terms of not leveraging the guys who have such an association with an institution and a great team uh, after their careers. I mean, I think that. I mean, I'm from Fresno, California. Any Fresno State uh, stand-up? Fre Fres yes. Fres Fres yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, Fres, Fres yes State. Any Bulldog had, you know, even mediocre has an opportunity for something in that. And But with social media now, you can start building that following while you're on the court. And, uh, you know, that's going to lead to a lot of kids having doors open for them. I mean, we even saw, what was it, the UCF kicker who... Um, the NCAA said he couldn't play because he right. had a YouTube channel. Well, there are a lot of kids right now who might have been, you know, I wouldn't say savvier, but what they did was they didn't directly monetize off the videos, but they have YouTube channels, they have Instagram followings, they have Twitter accounts, they're building hundreds of thousands of followers from a gigantic, you know, base like Kentucky or Indiana or Purdue. And after their career, guess what? They're going to still have that audience they can tap into. So... I mean, it seems silly. One, uh, you know, I had to be in the business of telling people they should do things because everybody does what they want to do, myself included, not everybody's time. But, man, you could do that 100%. Because when you think about it, man, it's kind of, it almost kind of parallels you, man. You're a star. You're, you're a rock star. You, you cook burgers for Huey Lewis. Like, <laughs> you, you, you do cool shit. But you're very, not a rock star. I'm just you're a very comfortable being a role player, too. I see that on the basketball court. I know that's you in business and stuff. You can connect the dots. You can pass the ball, set the pick, if you will. So, like, yeah, there's infinite opportunities, and maybe it just takes there being a person or an agency 
to to do that. Um, I'd say the flip side is like, you know, people are gonna, you know, always play the education thing, which the irony is the thing that makes it pure to some, you know, it being collegiate is the same thing that makes it impure because college just in general is more often than not a ripoff. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm, bl- I'm blessed I went to school and I'm not downplaying education, but not I get hit you. up by Michigan State since the day I left. You know what I mean? Asking for money, and I know how much those textbooks cost, <laughs> right. even though I'm blessed when my parents pay for them. But I mean, I, I mean, I, go, I'm sorry, real quick, I, I, and then go, but I, I want to say this. I talked, we have a, a, a family friend, uh, in family, family, cousin. Kid uh, scored perfect on his SATs, one point off on his ACTs. He's getting scholarships everywhere. And my wife's like, oh, you know, he's just trying to find the school that'll pay for everything. And I said, don't. And my wife looks at me, she's like, what are you talking about? Like, alumni network. Go to the school with the best alumni network. Go to the school to where when you graduate, you can wake up at 4 a.m., have a Red Bull, work for four hours, own seven homes, and a Tesla will drive you home after a couple of years of work. Do that job where that alumni what? No, I'm poking fun at Jason Dick here. Easy there. Easy sir. there. But find the alumni network. Find their, I don't care what college gives you free shit. I care about the successful people that have graduated from your college. The greatest mistake I made is I took a scholarship. The greatest mistake I made in college was taking a scholarship. I made some great friends there. I had some great parties. I got kicked out of one Christian university only to get kicked out of another, only to go to another. But that's beside the point. I only went after scholarships. I didn't go after alumni network. I was never able to leverage a network. Name the Vanguard University of Southern California, University of Vanguard Southern California network anywhere in the fucking world. It doesn't exist. Now... Think about that versus, oh, I'm saddled with that, but I went to USC and I've got that network and I was a good student and I won and I did this and I did that. Folks, there's a reason certain colleges are better than others. There's a reason, I mean, there's a Michigan State network out here. Absolutely, and that I'm grateful for. I'm yeah, that you're grateful for, right? Yeah. So it's, so, you know, it's a, the scholarship, whether it's payment, cash, or whether it's books and I'll give you a free education is a misnomer compared to, and I think this goes back to Jason's point of the, the Pandora's box and then Matt, I'll let you chime in here, but I think it's, it's the misnomer and, 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 and the crazy left turn of there's still a, a, a network out there. Now you might not want to hook up with Vince Young and ask him business advice, but if Red McCombs calls you and you're a three point shooting murderer, and you're also actually smart and business savvy, or you're marketing savvy, or you're advertising, whatever it may be, and then Red looks at you and he's like, hey man, listen, you're a great three-point shooter. You can't play defense to save your fucking life, but you've got a job over here. You got a job over here, and I'm gonna start you because I was able to tie in with UT and do this and do that and the other. I'm gonna start you at six figures, not 45,000 like the rest of these. Fucking lucky was. Matt, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you tapped into it right there with that whole alumni network thing. I think that is one of those things where it's short-term versus long-term thinking. And a lot of it, I have the unpopular opinion that I believe there's a tremendous value that these kids can have post-career that I don't think that necessarily... I think that if they argue and get checks today, they're selling themselves short over the lifetime of their their life. Like, Okay, that's interesting. So, So I'll give you an example. 
What are my mom's This students? is a water polo example. I'm going to go. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to bring back the basketball for y'all. I'm going to bring back the basketball for y'all. So both my parents are work professors. They taught at Fresno State University um, when I was when I grew up. And uh, one of their student, one of my mom's students, Brian Santiago, was a lights-out three-point shooter at Fresno State. Where did he play before Fresno State? He played at Utah Valley State. Why did he have to play at Utah Valley State? He wanted to go to BYU. He's a Mormon kid from, uh, from um, Utah but couldn't make the BYU squad. He gets the, after he plays lights out at Utah Valley State, gets the offer from Fresno, of course he takes it. Fresno State and BYU are in the same conference. He lights up BYU in oh, I like his job. And guess what? He's now the associate athletic director at BYU. Now, had he not had that opportunity to, to do that, would he necessarily be? I mean, who knows? Maybe he could have, maybe not. But I definitely think that the fact that he was able to get there and play in front of BYU, light them up, definitely gave him more of an opportunity to be now the associate athletic director at BYU. I think there's a lot of doors that can open. Now, is that the same necessarily for some as getting a $5,000 stipend for the year? Probably not. You know, like I think the other thing that's overvalued sometimes is how much value the, the players actually would be paid on the open market. If you made an open market for these kids, how much they're gonna get paid, It'd be interesting. I don't know that Nick Saban would get a you know a multi you know the huge million dollar um, salary, but I don't think the players would be pulling life changing salaries from their time in college. And I think that there's actually tremendous lifetime value for them going to these schools, getting into these alumni networks like you've suggested, um, than maybe getting thirty thousand dollars to be the hotshot on campus for four years. Jason, as a guy who was who was illegally paid in college to be a radio DJ, <laughs> close this out on this, my friend. Uh, I agree hundred percent. I love that. That is a, a, a tremendous. Summit. I could not have said it better than what Matt said. It's almost like if Dad uh, was sick, he could be I, your co-host. For a nice <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I mean, I think that probably like basketball, it's harder to to determine. But football players, maybe there's like five percent of the players who are underpaid. The just to talk local guys, Vince Young, Colt McCoy, Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson types of the world, yeah, are obviously, their brand is already big enough when they're in college that they, what the, the, the scholarship and the opportunity that they receive is not worth what they're bringing to the university. But for the other 70 guys on the roster, the other 100 guys in the program or whatever, the opportunity to get in the ear of Red McCombs or whoever else that let look. I went to the University of Texas on a force full scholarship. Brag, uh, academic scholarship. The academic Mc- for for hold on. Academic from Round Rock. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Go Dragons. Uh, academic from Round Rock with a thirteen-year-old penis. You went if, into UT full. If, if I said to Red McCombs, "Hey, can I get some FaceTime with you?" He'd be like, "Who the fuck is this kid?" Academic Go back to the RTF building, hippie. I don't want to talk to you. All right? Send the running have, back in next. Did uh, you have the pink hair when you tried to do this, sir? <laughs> but, yeah, if you're a football player, you have the opportunity to, you know, get yourself involved with people who are going to, you know, who are big-time people. And when you get done playing football and, and you're not going to make it to the NFL, as most of those guys don't, you have made connections that are going to pay off for a lifetime. And so, yeah, I think that... Uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me before and the movie's almost over because I was like, I don't want to yeah. open a whole can of worms about this paying the college players thing. But yeah, I think that most college athletes on a scholarship 
have a pretty incredible opportunity. There's a there's a kid who played on the uh, who played on the Longhorns this year. And I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want to get him in any. Uh, he's still got eligibility. I don't want to fuck that up. But he came by the office. And, uh, you know, I spent two hours with this kid. Are you giving free shoes to Longhorn I am players? Not give, no, I am not giving... I Ian is nothing. selling his jeans to give me <laughs> shoes because I came up in Jordan dress shoes one day and he's like, that's Ooh. not appropriate, Jason. Like, we yeah. got to get you some different <laughs> shoes. Yeah, you're, in, you're in Jordan dress shoes. And so he's like, I sold three pairs of jeans and I bought you these shoes. I'm like, what are you? He goes, nothing. I just, I just don't want to see your already cracking knees Rhyme down the court any more than they already do, you old son of a bitch. And I was like, thank you. They lace up to my knees. I think they're wrestling shoes. I think they're professional yeah, wrestling shoes. I, like them, right? <laughs> yeah. I do love them. But that was making a good point. All right, all right. All right. So, so there's a kid who came by the office, um, spent two hours with him, and I've, I've talked with him since. And, you know, like one of the things, like, this is just part of the Longhorn Network, um, which is he played at UT. I take the meeting with the kid. It's not necessarily right. that, like, he did anything for me other than I know this kid can he, he can commit himself to something. Clearly, if he's on UT, he's been able to commit himself to something. And it's a team I cheer for. So I took the meeting. I've been talking with the kid by DMs. There's another friend of mine, Clint Chapman, who played for UT uh, basketball. Shit, almost 10 years ago now. I still talk with this guy to this day. And that's an opportunity that, you know, we had him in the store doing stuff year, many years ago. But... Because he was on that team that provided him the opportunity and the platform for us to connect and, you know. So, so, so would you say then that maybe the, the greater point is not, maybe the greater argument instead of point is not we pay them versus whether it's an Ian or a Jason Dick or you, that you come in and you're like, guys, you have marketing power. You, have you, can't, you can't capitalize on it. You're not going to write a check now. But you have marketing power. Yes. And that marketing power is, is dealt in relationships. And Jason, you can relate this to poker, right? It's dealt in relationships. And, and you, you are playing with a full house. You're literally playing with a full house. And every time you don't deal this out or do this right, you decide... Well, there's, 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 only, there's only two. There's IRS and there's, and there's student loans. Exactly. So you think there isn't some inherent lifetime value off of your association with the university? Off, off of your or association just with, with other alum. I was, um, we're doing a thing for South By, and uh, the owners of the, the company that, that, I, that I work with are like, well, what can we do? I'm like, we're doing all this stuff. We got all these things. Like, I want to meet people. How do we meet them? I'm like, well, you yeah, can go on South By's <laughs> page and see who's speaking and ask them if they want to come meet with us. Right. I'm like, you can do that? And I was like, Jesus Christ, do we not all work in the same fucking world with the internet and LinkedIn and Twitter and do we not do all these things together? Like, uh, I don't know. I was like, okay. But it, but it shined a light, and I think it shines a light on this, which is and maybe this is a this is a maturation of the conversation where I or I came in and saying, pay them. This is a maturation of the conversation of, of getting insight from everyone. It's like Man, don't get paid. Get the relationship. I would much rather take a relationship over $50,000 a year if I was a kid. Because that lifetime value off of being in that network, are you kidding me? Compared to, like 50000 first of all, you lose half of it to the government right now. You're about 20, I mean, if you don't get it in cash, you're If crazy. you don't, yeah, exactly. I don't know how you so, get paid. I mean, yeah. Head of global. 
Uh, Ian and then and Jason. Yeah. Was, how right? did how did Plato's warehouse play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plato's warehouse. Did you get a ten ninety nine on this? <laughs> if if I would say this real quick, uh, I appreciate all the points because they definitely changed my opinion. Even the time sitting down. Yeah. Um, I, I, while I would say that I agree that relationships are more valuable than money, I would also probably say that none of us here came from poverty, so it is a different oh, no, situation. I, I actually, I literally killed animals so we could eat in the winter. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm yeah. not being facetious or joking. Yeah, yeah. And same thing with in the fall, and same thing with the spring, and same thing with we, we fished to eat. So, I mean, I, I literally, I, I came from poverty. Um, I will say that I think that's the education part. Of, of understanding of, and I think this goes back to Matt's point, of $50,000, short-term and long-term Fair, gain. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, money, money doesn't fix poverty, education yeah. and opportunity does. Exactly. Uh, it just, you know, you, you have to, at some point, step back and be like, okay, where, where's, where's the weight? Um, I'll always take weight of relationships over, over cash because, uh, oddly enough, some, somehow I always get paid. But Wait, you ain't paying me for this. No, no, no this is a relationship. <laughs> I'm learning but, so uh, much. But uh, you're learning so much right now. But no, it's 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 an interesting thing. I don't, you know, um, I, I love I love the end of this film because you know, he's, Pete Bell's still fighting with the refs, as as I think everyone will fight over this topic. Uh, but more but more importantly, it comes back to I think the crux and the you know he goes back and he's walking by and he sees the kids playing and the, the passion of the, the whole thing, and I wonder, and I'll close it out. And let's go around the room. We'll start with you, Jason Dick. Um, in this in this crazy world we live in, right? In this thing where some of us we 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 live dream jobs or we don't. You know, uh, I, I I listen to you every morning and and I wonder. I go, man, I don't know how he does it. When people yell at him, he doesn't take it personally. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how he does it when he's got all these things going on, and and then he's he's trying to also be himself. It's not Jason Dick. He's just Jason. Just my buddy, who I get to hang out with and talk with every once in a while, and I'm going to do it as as much as I want to. So it, and and I bring that to as and long I, as the Bud Light Platinum is flowing. As long <laughs> as the Bud Light Platinum is flowing. But I mean, I bring it around to all of you guys, right? Because I mean, like Ian, we don't. We, we bump into each other every once in a while. We, we spend most of our time in the hoops court, but we get a car about a little bit of time to talk. And, and Matt, I don't, know you that, I don't know you except for today, but I, I wonder in our personal lives versus our professional lives in, in everything that's going on, and, and it really does correlate back to this, is like, if you can leave a departing word for, for, for everyone, and once again, Jason, I'll start with you. Um, what, do you what do you say... For people who are, you know, these young, the Shaquille O'Neal at the time, the Penny Hardaway at the time, the people at the time who are, who, who, I think Bill Russell said it best, I play basketball, I'm not a basketball player. Where do you draw the line? What do you do? What's the insight you give to someone when they look at them and they say, oh no, and we've talked about this before, so it's supposed to be here. I could do your job. And you're like, that's <laughs> fucking rude. <laughs> you can't. I actually, I, I do a lot of work doing my job. But it's your job versus it's you. What do you do for you? Does that make sense? Well, I ramble when I have a couple of beers. Yeah, that was. Uh, uh, I mean, look, I think that um, don't be cynical, <laughs> even though I probably am a professional 
cynical. Are you cynical with your Tesla, or do you just get in and you're like, "Hey, sweetie, I love you." No, every day is another. <laughs> if if you were, were going to end this on an inspirational message for the youths listening, every day is another opportunity. And so, if you enter into that situation saying, "How am I going to get fucked here? Who is going to, uh, you know, take advantage of me here?" Then yeah, it's likely not going to be a good outcome for you. Rather than looking at it and saying, even though I feel like maybe I'm being undervalued in this situation. How, what can I do in this on today to make you know things easier for me tomorrow or to create opportunities for me next year, two years from now, ten years from now? Ian, what do you got? You're the youngest guy here. You're, yeah, so you're 21 it, years old. You're fresh. Plus 10. So is, is this, uh, this more perverse, per, personal? There's a, that's there's, fine. Perpersonal. Yeah, perpersonal. Uh, my, that's my new t-shirt line. It's going to be advice. half button-up and, and half hoodie, Jason. We're going to do professional line. <laughs> this, is after, this is after one Guinness, by the way. That's right. Yeah. 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 And, and we're selling, and we're we selling got them again. We got them again. We're selling all professional at H&B's. 90 seconds until the New Orleans turned out the way it did for me. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think my biggest thing is, you know, have fun and not take yourself too seriously. Because, you know, I've learned the hard way on the opposite of that. And, uh, man, ask questions and ask for help. Like, you know, if it wouldn't have been me asking my uncle for, like, yo, should I do journalism or marketing? Like, I wouldn't have this guy hire me. Even though I did marketing, I got a journalism job. You know, he gave me that advice. You know, like, I get help from my parents. I get, I get help from a therapist. I get help from doctors. I get all the help I can get because I want to be able to help other people. And if you ain't taking care of yourself, man, you can't, can't take care of nobody else. So, you know, do stuff for you that's fun. Matt, uh, before I ruin all of this, uh, please. You know, um, something that, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a single guy, so I get that question, what are you most grateful for on the Hinge app or whatever? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I simply say today, um, you know, I think that every day we get up, it, it's life, right? And life is nothing more than perspective realized through experience. And I think every day that leads up to today has helped form what today is and the way we see today. And I think what is important in, in my life, in, in, in personal and in business, is just, I think, making the most of every single moment. And I think that if we take that approach to a lot of things, I think we'll be surprised at what we will get out of situations. I think there's a lot of times, yes, we think long terms, we try to tee up ourselves and whatnot. We put some irons in the fire that might hatch into something. Um, but I truly, truly, truly believe living in the moment and, and experiencing what's in front of you is going to give you the most um, out of life. And that goes for everything in business, in personal life, everything. I'll say this. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. And you guys are like, Jesus Christ, it's not a wrap up. It's Jason Rand. But no, it's just, I'll, I'll try to tighten it up. And, um, you know, and, and Ian brought it up. Uh, Jason Dick brought it up. Matt brought it up as well. Uh, one, and I'd put a balance there, right? Uh, go after it, man. I mean, listen, it's today. Have some fun. Uh, I've been frustrated playing basketball and I've actually pulled Ian aside and taken him like, dude, I'm doing He's like, Man, you know what? You're frustrated because you're making yourself frustrated. You're trying to coach or do something or do this, and you're making yourself frustrated. Just get the flow of the game. Enjoy. And if that person doesn't do it, who cares? You and I will do it. 
Find the people that will grab you and say, you and I will do it. Find the people that will hang out with you and, and go, I see your frustration. I understand. And they don't have to be younger or older. Don't put an age on it. <clears throat> put a person on it. Put a relationship on it. Put a thing on it that says you know, a respect level. You know, um, when, it, when it comes to, 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 to Jason, one of the things that, that I love about Jason Dick and, and one of the great things about him is, is that... my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that in, in all of this, it's hilarious because, you know, he, um, he talks for a living all the time. And I ask him, I'm like, can you please talk with me? And he's like, sure. And we get to talk, we get to have some drinks, we get to hang out and have a good time. But more importantly, I get to take these moments to learn more about Jason. And it's very selfish for me. You know, where you guys are like, oh, man, we get to learn about Jason and Jason and, and guests and movies. This is a very selfish moment for me that I have a friend that I get to hang out with and learn more about him. It's extremely selfish. And I'm blessed that I have that selfish moment because I love the guy to death. I think he's absolutely amazing. And, and he's so much fun to talk with and hang out with for a while. This is so horrible. It's a horrible game you're playing with me. And I remember the first time and I was like, I was, I was oh man, I broke the Jason veil. And he's like, my buddy Scott Henderson texts me and he goes, you became that guy. The no hangover guy. You're that guy. Oh, and, yeah. and all my friends, without him saying my name, I had 30 text messages going, oh, yeah, no, I know. You did. You really break Jason with that? I'm like, no, more importantly, we're friends. And he's invited me to his house, and I invited him to my house, and he's done Oktoberfest and everything else. But I selfishly get to spend this time with him that a lot of people like to spend time with him. And it's the same with Ian or any other guest. I selfishly get to spend hours with Ian playing basketball and picking his brain about stuff and doing stuff and and, and that has been overwhelmingly reciprocated back to him um, uh, or, or back to me from, from, from him. No, that's true too. It's gone both ways to me. So, folks, if you take anything away from this, college, professional, anything, one, man, you, you find the people that, that you want to be around and you, you, you go after them and... Uh, you have to do what I do, but you, you, you spend time with them and you listen, you listen. And uh, I'm the worst listener in the world, so I'm probably the worst person to tell you this, but you listen and you have some fun uh, to break out of your shell and uh, explore that network. It doesn't have to be alumni network of UT or Alabama or anything else. Explore your network and, and, and expose it. And, uh, and three, and you know, listen, man, whether it's a cup of coffee or, or, or a cold beer or whatever else, Man, find someone and just hang out with them. Basketball, softball, Jay loves softball, um, you know, whatever it may be. You get out there and you get to enjoy people and laugh and just have a good time and, and don't get caught up in anything past that. And then uh, uh, finally, you know, this is your favorite part of the podcast, right? You get to hear my daughter sing about the time she took a shit. So you guys enjoy.